1: Good morning and welcome, everyone, to Midday Super Talk, Mississippi. I'm your host, Gerard Gibbert, along with the rhino in the Element Wealth Studios, guiding you through the middle of your day with facts, fodder, and fine music on this Friday Eve. Man, it's a gorgeous day out there today, isn't it? Little storms came through,
2: sucked the humidity out of the atmosphere, it seems. <laughs> Knocked the mercury down a peg or two. Yeah. Nice. And it's supposed to be nice all
1: weekend long. Thank God. That's awesome. And they're cutting trees down out there in the parking lot. You saw that? Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm not worried about my vehicle though. They got lots of folks around there and look like they know what they're doing.
2: Oh yeah, and they got the uh the parking places that would be the most impacted blocked off. Yeah, they went and I
1: think uh commandeered some orange cones down there on I <laughs> <laughs> Highway 49 brought them up to the parking lot. There's plenty of them. <laughs> but I hear they're not going to be needed much longer. I, You know, I just traveled that route uh, a couple of weeks ago and shall again tomorrow, headed down to Camp Shelby for our remote broadcast at the Mississippi Armed Forces Museum. Looking forward to that. And yeah, I agree. It seems like we're inching ever closer.
2: Would you mean that? You have to take that with a grain of salt because we've heard that for what the last decade. Yeah, but, but it does seem like it is on the final backstretch. I think so. I think we're in the I think we're in the final I
1: hope days weeks. It seems like we asked was it Commissioner Tendall? last time? Yeah, I think it's late
2: on? this summer is when they're expecting to wrap it up.
1: Yeah. So, I am uh, looking forward to that. Well, 2 days removed from this Horrific situation, this uh, shooting, massacre, slaughter of innocent children and two teachers over there in Uvalde, Texas. And when we were on the air yesterday, Rhino, I I was watching live. I I think I stated it and mentioned it, passed it on, that uh, the governor, lieutenant governor of Texas were on a stage. This is evidently a meeting in Uvalde, and they're on. A, you can see the setting. They're on a stage, looks like an auditorium, and they're seated at a table, microphones around them, and they're obviously discussing the incident and situation. And Beto O'Rourke, as Carl Rove calls him, Robert Francis O'Rourke.
2: Well, it is the name his mama gave him. Yeah, he's. Of Irish descent, I believe. Is that true? Well, with the last name O'Rourke. You would kind of think so, huh?
1: Well, Beto and O'Rourke, that really doesn't fit. uh, I don't know. It's called pandering. Oh, okay. Uh, I used to... It it reminds me of a Mexican restaurant I love to eat at in the Phoenix area called Carlos O'Brien's. What about that? There you go. And... I mainly went Talk there. Talking fusion cuisine. <laughs> I, I mainly went there with my, I used to travel out there a lot on business. Uh, for It was the volume. It was a lot of volume for a little amount of money.
2: Well, that's uh, that's most Mexican food or Chinese food. For You're one. right. It's a pretty good value. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Not the best for you, but. Uh, I got you. Well, that's I do right. love their grease and carbs, but <laughs> then again, grease and carbs taste good. <laughs> it's
1: true. Uh, they're just not good for you. Uh, anyhow, so Robert Francis O'Rourke decided to make a bit of a scene. Shouted to show his rear. Yeah, and there was some uh, profanity included. That did we ever find a version that uh, is bleeped? I think nah. I may. I think I may have one actually that we'll try to share with you. And a lot of folks perhaps have already seen this hurt it because it's it went i told you yesterday when i was watching this is gonna be big news and there's no surprise there it wasn't going out on a limb to predict
2: that it's all political theater though because just minutes after it happened you had people from inside that room saying yeah i was sitting across the aisle and then right before it started two people got up and then here comes beto here's be- beto and so they're saving seats for him for him to perform political theater <laughs> over the dead bodies of children <sighs> it <laughs> yet he's also getting lauded for it by the idiots on the left. He is. And and I think you read a few of the
1: Twitter comments, right? We love you Beto and you go Beto and you're so great
2: and all that sort of stuff. But the worst one was I saw a comparison where they they had a meme they'd made. Yeah. And they had a line down the middle. So it's split screen meme on the left and on the right. On the right you had Beto. Standing there in front of the governor and lieutenant governor of Texas. And on the left, you had Tank Man from Tiananmen Square. Unbelievable. Uh, yeah. Hard,
1: hardly an equivalent comparison there.
2: Unless you're trying to say Beto's driving the tank. Oh uh, Yeah, exactly. But
1: it didn't take but a couple of hours after we talked about the, we opened the show up yesterday talking about the politicization of this tragedy. And, of course, the first to do so was none other than the president himself. And we talked about that. Here comes Beto a few hours later, but what about Barack Obama? He wasted no time as well, did he not, in politicizing the situation And, of course, he had to make this about George Floyd. He literally stood George Floyd up on the graves of these innocent children. And while what happened to Mr. Floyd, too, was a tragedy, and I think wrong, I think the actions by the officer was wrong, he's far from an angel, a saint, Barack Obama tweeted, quote, As we grieve the children of Uvalde today, we should take time to recognize that two years have passed since the murder of George Floyd under the knee of a police officer. His killing stays with us all to this day, especially those who loved him. Really? So while we're grieving for these slaughtered children, we're to stop and think about George Floyd? On that day,
2: he is an Alinskyite.
1: Well, on the day that George Floyd was killed, was there any calls for remembering i don't know the what about the officers killed by perpetrators? Was there any calls for that? No, doesn't fit the narrative political narrative. And so, when I saw this rhino, i got to tell you, I'm going to credit you. Because you said some time ago, it's the dopamine effect of social media. That really hit home. I think this completely, perfectly exemplifies exactly what you were talking about. This is Barack Obama who served as the president of this country for two terms. Two. In a nation where his party says is institutionally racist. This is Barack Obama, sad as it is, seeking a dopamine rush. That's exactly what this is. You mean Being president wasn't enough for you? This is a guy who arguably has not ascended Maslow's hierarchy, and he's been the president. I shook my head in disgust, in disbelief. I believe it's this dopamine crap that you referred to, and I think quite wisely, I wonder how much of that's driving this, this violence, this nonsense. I think you can connect the dots here. I really do. There was uh, an article that, written by a uh, a columnist in the New York Times, that also caught my attention overnight. And. <laughs> says we can't even agree on what is tearing us apart. So how many times have we said we can't agree on anything, including how many genders there are? Now we can't agree on what's tearing us apart. I totally agree that we can't agree.
2: That's just unbelievable. And the same people screaming, "We got to do something. We got to do something." When you offer any suggestion that's not a complete ban of all guns, no, not that, not right, that, exactly. And you know, we'll get to this later. A couple of GOP
1: senators tried to pass a bill yesterday, codifying a federal clearinghouse for school safety, and the Democrats blocked it. They they are intransigent. Only complete banning of firearms in repeal of the Second Amendment will do. Coming up next on Middays, Congressman Stephen Palazzo, who represents Mississippi's 4th District. Jordan Jones, rugged way at 11.05. Stay with us.
4: Access to quality healthcare is essential to building a healthier and stronger Mississippi. At Amerigroup, we're doing everything we can to make that a reality. So far, we've invested over $3 million to support Mississippi communities. We also bring more than 30 years of experience partnering with state Medicaid programs throughout the country. This is just the beginning of Amerigroup's commitment to enrich the lives
5: of every Mississippian. Learn more at AmerigroupMS.com. Hey, this is Bob, and if you're like me, you like dealing with local people. Majestic Metals was founded in Mississippi in 1954 and are headquartered right in Gluckstadt. For complete metal building systems and steel roofing and siding, call the hometown folks. Majestic Metals, 800-647-8540 or online at MajesticMetalsINC.com.
4: For all your glass needs, call Venable Glass Services. Glass Networks, they're going to try and steer you to use their own glass shop. Well, you can tell your insurance you want to use Venable Glass, and there'll be no additional cost to them to get the highest quality glass. Venable Glass is locally owned and operated and they do windshield replacement and rock repair right there in their shops or they'll even come to you in the Tri-County area for free. That's right, free mobile service. At Venable Glass, they also do frameless and frame shower doors, mirrors cut to size and installed, picture frame glass, tables, desktops, insulated glass, plexiglass, commercial storefronts and heavy equipment glass. Venable Glass, they'll come out and give you a free estimate. They want to work hard for your business. Venable Glass, open Monday through Friday 8 to 5 and on Saturday 8 to noon. Hey, there's two locations 2 in Ridgeland at 660 Highway 51 North and Brandon at 209 Woodgate Drive South in Crossgates. Check them out on the web at VenableGlass.com. Remember, for all your glass needs, call Venable Glass Services, 601-605-4443.
6: This is Michael Cassidy, Republican candidate for Congress here in Mississippi's 3rd District. While inflation and illegal immigration are hurting Mississippi families, Congressman Guest has different priorities. He joined Biden and Pelosi and voted to send $53 billion of your tax dollars to Ukraine. Ukraine is not in our national interest, but fighting inflation and illegal immigration are. And when elected, they will be my priorities. I'm Michael Cassidy, America first Republican for Congress, and I brief this message. Paid for by
7: Michael Cassidy for Congress.
8: Be sure and check out the newly remodeled Basils in Fondren, where you get simple food done well. And don't forget to drop by Basils Fountain View at the Renaissance. Go to EatBasils.com for online ordering for both locations. That's Basils.
9: To all the folks in the Capital City metro area, love to have you join me tomorrow morning, 6 till 9, Gallo Show. We'll start your day the informed way, Super Talk Mississippi 97.3.
0: Middays with Gerard Gibbert. Let's do this. On Super Talk Mississippi. Uh-huh. Let's
1: Welcome back, everyone, to Midday's from the Element Well Studios, Super Talk Mississippi. Joining us now, Congressman Stephen Palazzo. He represents Mississippi's Fourth District. Good morning, Congressman.
10: Hey, good morning, Gerard. How are you doing?
1: I'm doing fine, sir. So uh, you got a primary coming up here pretty soon. Wanted to get you to come on and uh, talk about your uh, your service in the U.S. House of Representatives and uh, what you're look forward. to to, what you're looking forward to, I should say, to continue in that role, and why you think the voters ought to send you back to Washington?
10: (laughs) Well, Gerard, well, yes, thank you for having me on, and thank you for the opportunity. Um, You know, every two years we have to interview for our job. And, um, you know, and so we get an opportunity to uh, make a case for why they should hire us or why they should um, retire us. And I believe, you know, being the only candidate with a proven conservative voting record uh, in Congress um, resonates with my constituents. They know I'm pro gun, I'm pro life, I'm pro business. Um, Hopefully they know I was instrumental in getting, helping uh, fund the wall uh, through my home. Homeland Security Committee in 2019, and I've also been able to protect the funds from being stripped away by the Democrats uh, through my committee on appropriations. And you know, it's being being one of the few veterans left in Congress. You know, I'm able to advocate for our military, unlike any of my opponents could ever think of doing, uh, and also care for our veterans and their families. Uh, you know, again, just proven voting record of making sure that flood insurance remains affordable and available. Uh, caring for our, our military installations has been a huge priority of mine. Um, you know, people, you know, they, they have short memories, uh, but, sometimes you got to remind them. I and mean, we literally were losing 10 C-130Js from Keesler Air Force Base when I first got to Congress. And it took three years, but we were able to, to fight back and push back against the Air Force. And, you know, we kept those 10 C-130Js uh, here in South Mississippi, because, uh, you know, what's an air base without airplanes, right? real Kind of scary. Yeah. But, you know, uh, the voters have invested in me uh, for 12 years. I'm, I've got the the right relationships to make things happen for South Mississippi. I've got the seniority to be chairman of the Homeland Security Committee next year, and I'm on the best committee for Mississippi, and that's the Appropriations Committee, which has been the lifeblood of our state for generations. Uh, And, you know, I'm the first one from the South Mississippi in over 100 years to serve on appropriations, Mm -hmm. and and I'll probably likely be the last uh, member because, you know, it's a very competitive uh, committee. And so I, I don't think Voters want to, you know, they have a choice, right? They could start over from scratch, and or they could double down, and we can keep working hard uh, for South Mississippi and their families.
1: Yeah, so I know you've served, uh, Congressman, you've served in situations where you've had the majority in the House. You've served, obviously, in situations where you don't, uh, although the, 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 uh, the gap is fairly narrow right now. Uh, All indications are that the Republicans are going to retake control of the House. What's on your radar? What's on your agenda once that occurs?
10: Absolutely. The tea leaves definitely show us retaking the House and taking the majority and hopefully winning the Senate. Uh, We're going to do what we did against Barack Obama. We're going to be slow but steady repairing the damage that they've done and also block any further damage. Uh, Energy and going back to energy independence is a a huge goal of mine. I've I've actually been fortunate to be able to work offshore. And, you know, what's driving our inflation right now is – the failed policies of the Biden administration, starting uh, with his war on energy, on American energy. So we have to drill here, we have to drill now, get the prices down so people can, you know, breathe and and have more money in in their checking accounts. But when we take the majority I'm, I'm i've been in congress long enough and you know seniority matters in congress it matters in the military and seniority matters in congress i'm going to be a, in a position to be the chairman of um one or two or three uh committees i don't know which one i'm i'm pushing for homeland security which is my light my best fit because of my defense background mm-hmm. and um, my homeland security and so if I become chairman of the Homeland Security Committee and it looks like there's a very good chance that will happen Um, if if I'm sent back to Congress, my number one priority is we have to secure our southern border. You know, Joe Biden's number one priority a couple weeks ago was tackling inflation. Obviously, he doesn't have a clue how to do that, but my number one priority is securing our border, stopping the flow of these deadly drugs that are killing our children at record levels because of the Chinese fentanyl-laced operations that are being run out of Mexico, Uh, stop the pedophiles and and the in the felons uh and just stop the invasion at our southern border uh because if we don't do this and we don't do it fast we're all going to become a border state i don't want mississippi to turn into a border state
1: yeah it's uh that seems to be a a high priority issue uh for a lot of republicans and i and i certainly agree with that and appreciate that where uh what do you think you're hearing or not? What do you think? What are you hearing from voters? What are you hearing from constituents? What's on their minds? What's their top priorities?
10: Well, to get rid of President Biden is their number one (laughs) uh, priority. I mean, they they see it. They're they're smart. I think the independents and even Democrats are waking up to the realities that the progressives do not have solutions to the problems that are facing them. I mean, everything that the progressive Democrats are doing right now under Nancy Pelosi and Joe Biden and Charles Schumer it are. Are, is bad for their constituents. And so it baffles me that they have this culture of death, that they want to murder unborn babies. They want to take our guns away from us, but they, you know, they want to keep us under this COVID umbrella. But yet they won't secure the border. They won't drill here. You know, we were energy independent two years ago. It allowed us to achieve a historic peace agreement. Gas was under $2 a gallon. Um, and that historic peace agreement was because we didn't have to beg the OPEC cart hotels for to help Israel and some of its arabic neighbors uh reach a, a, a peace agreement and so it it's just they they recognize it's the inflation it's the cost of goods it's the fact that the our government is you know still paying people to to to, to not work and they want less regulations they want less taxes but this administration is going in the opposite direction
1: yeah so, Congressman, the the 4th uh, District primary, the Republican primary, is uh, intriguing uh, from the perspective of having, I think, the largest number of candidates in the primary, and that's coming up here in a couple of weeks. Uh, have you done some polling? Do you feel like you can uh, win outright without a a runoff at this point? How's it looking?
10: We, yeah, yeah, we did some polling back in December, um, polled all our opponents, and we were sitting at 67%. Uh, so you know, I, I, you know, my opponents think South Mississippians are dumb, and I'm here to tell you, South Mississippians are not dumb. They see through the the political theater. They see through you know um, what what's being said, and they know they know that I show up. To work in D.C. They know I show up to things in the district. Um, sometimes people forget that they did hire me to go to Washington, D.C., so I'm not always in South Mississippi, but, boy, I, w- I wish I was in South Mississippi on a day, a beautiful day like this more sure. often. Um, but they, they know that I'm fighting for them and their families. I've got the only proven conservative record. Uh, you know, I've never given money to Democrats. I've never, you know, I'm, I'm a conservative Republican always have been and you know again you know from the tax cuts and jobs act that you know we led that in 2017 the brought us a record economy you know we rebuilt our military after eight devastating years of barack obama and then obviously covid happened and we came out with a a democrat president but you know i've I've fought off democrat presidents before and, and we're gonna we're gonna tackle this administration and keep them from doing uh even more damage and and so you know Being from South Mississippi, uh, being in the military, and just being available, uh, you know, I'm aware of the issues that affect South Mississippians, and it makes me a better advocate for them in Washington, D.C. Yeah,
1: and it's coming up here uh, uh, pretty soon. Uh, and uh, there's a lot of stuff going on in Washington and across our nation. Again, is there anything that you would place as a priority? I know you've talked about the Americans and certainly South Mississippians concerned about inflation, etc., and and their their pocketbooks. Got crime, the border. Uh, What about uh, our foreign situation? Got about a minute and a half left.
10: Yeah, our, our foreign situation, unfortunately, is a man-made disaster, and it was uh, made by President Biden when we withdrew from Afghanistan. That was that—that that was the worst possible way to withdraw our troops. Our enemies were watching. Our friends felt betrayed. Um, but yet, we did it anyway. I mean, yeah. even even as the Taliban was. Riding into uh, you know Bagram and all these places, um, you know that put that put Putin and China on notice that we have a feckless and weak uh, commander in chief. And so, if you recall, last time we had a weak commander in chief, yeah. a, Demo- a Democrat, Russia invaded Ukraine in 2014. Well, guess what? Twenty twenty, lot of work to do. Yeah, a lot of work, <laughs> and um, so it's it's you know we got to rebuild our military, and we have to have a patriotic. Appreciate, uh, Commander-in-Chief that appreciate, can this country.
1: Appreciate you coming on, Congressman. Good luck in the primary and uh, the rest of the campaign. We'll talk soon. Yeah.
10: Thank you, sir. God bless.
5: From the SeabrookPaint.com Weather Center, I'm Bob Sullender. For all your paint and coating needs, go to SeabrookPaint.com. Today, a 30% chance of rain under partly cloudy conditions, high near 81. Tonight, mostly clear, low around 59. You're finally Friday, sunny skies, high only to 81. And a look to Saturday, sunny conditions, high near 85.
7: It's Cannon
11: Time. This is Dave Logan. Whether it's sales or service, our goal at
2: Cannon Neeson of Jackson is your complete customer satisfaction. We're here for you six days a week. Learn more at CannonNeesonofJackson.com. Nobody beats a Cannon deal. Nobody.
6: Open Memorial Day.
8: Breezy Oaks Ranch is Mississippi's source for local pasture-finished YQ beef and heritage pork. No antibiotics, no hormones. Breezy Oaks Ranch YQ beef and heritage pork is healthy and has incredible flavor and marbling. Call 601-908-9080 or Breezy Oaks Ranch .com, pickup or Delivery.
13: I'm Michael Carson, run for congressman of District 2. I want to see this district reach its full potential. To accomplish this, there
8: will have to be a change. To make this happen, I will keep an honest, an open ear, and an open mind to guide by what the people want. If you want to make a change, it is time to take action. On June 7th, vote Michael Carson, Congressman of District
13: 2. Together, we can make a difference. God bless. This message paid for and approved by Michael Carson for Congress.
14: Morgan Stone has been serving builders, contractors, and homeowners since 1997. They have everything for interior and exterior projects.
3: We have all
15: kinds of stuff.
14: Marcus, let me tell him: Stone pavers, stone benches, stone slabs, stone boulders, stone fire pits, flagstone, fieldstone, bluestone, cobblestone, chopstone.
15: That's right, Zeta.
14: I'm Zoe Morgan. We're rock solid since 1997. Statewide delivery, the largest stone yard in Mississippi. Come see us at Morgan Stone in Brandon. MorganStone.com
16: I'm Kelly Bennett, and you're listening to Super Talk Mississippi News long before gas prices reached a record high 418 a gallon in mississippi senators roger wicker and cindy hyde smith were putting the blame on president biden's anti-domestic energy policies wednesday wicker called out democrats for their political posturing he spoke specifically about legislation that would direct the ftc to identify price gouging and manipulation in oil and gas markets
17: the federal trade commission has been asked to identify price gouging or manipulation in the oil and gas market. And each time the FTC has found nothing.
16: Wicker says Biden is looking for a scapegoat. This bill um,
17: before us, which I cannot support, would empower the FTC to harass more small businesses and individuals, but it would do nothing to provide relief to the American
16: people. For all things Mississippi, visit supertalk.fm.
9: Swing in to sponsoring the Sanderson Farm Championship, Mississippi's largest professional sporting event, September 26th through October 2nd. Entertain your clients or prospects, reward your employees. All from a skybox on the 18th green. Got to hurry. These affordable Sanderson Farm Championship packages are available through June 15th. Visit Sponsorsfc.com
15: today to learn more. That's Sponsorsfc.com.
1: us on Middays from the Element Wealth Studios. Are you thinking about or planning for retirement? Do you have a plan? Go to MyElementWealth.com or call 601-957-6006 to let Element Wealth help you find your balance between income, growth, and guarantees. Don't forget, tomorrow Midday is going to be on the road. We'll be down at Camp Shelby at the Mississippi Armed Forces Museum. We've got Memorial Day coming up. This uh, Monday, next week, we've got a remote at uh, the Oxford School District, June 1st. That'll be for the ribbon-cutting for the Center for Applied Engineering on the Oxford High School campus. It's a celebration of career technical education in the Oxford School District. Look for us behind the high school on Charger Loop, just east of Highway 7 at the Sisk Avenue exit. Looking forward to that. And the next day... We're going to de- be down at two museums for an Empower Mississippi remote. More about that later in the program. So I'm going to be on the road a little bit here. Double dose of road trip. Yeah. When On the ceasefire text line, when will they figure out that this culture of games and entertainment have desensitized these kids to violence and killing a couple that, oh, and killing, couple that with the breakdown of the family is what's causing a lot of these senseless acts?
2: You know, this is complicated. I would offer a counterpoint to the violent video game narrative. Okay. Pretty sure it was Tipper Gore way back when I was a little lad that pushed for the implementation of the rating system that is put on video games. Yeah. And all of these violent video games are clearly labeled mature for 18 and older. Now, they're not limited to 18 and older, but you can't be a 14-year-old and just walk in and buy it without your parent. The parents are having to buy these for little Timmy to go and play Call of Duty and Fortnite and Grand Theft Auto. Very true. So there's a level of personal responsibility here for parents if they're concerned about violent video games and their impact on their kids here. So we're learning more about this shooter. And...
1: I don't think he did this because he was watching video games and influenced
2: by that. No. but In fact, that might have been the only way he connected with friends because I've seen a couple reports of people that knew him when he was younger that he, they they quit being friends with him. That's exactly the one right. The thing they had to bond over was playing Call of Duty and then when they'd go try to do something else, he'd be weird and they wouldn't want to be his friend anymore. Yeah. Which is completely normal for 13, 14-year-old boys. Well, we've now learned that
1: he he stuttered. He had a lisp. He was mocked because of that. He uh, he sort of became very introverted. He was bullied in school, and he was apparently mad on that day because he learned he didn't graduate. He got into an argument with his grandmother. She was screaming. He shot me. He shot me. And this is from a neighbor. The, the grandmother was able to call the police and run to that neighbor to seek help. She was then transported to a hospital. The shooter, I'm not saying his name, drove two blocks to the school, crashed the vehicle, got out of it, had a backpack on and an AR-15. He was engaged by a school resource officer, but... There was no
2: shots exchange. I think confrontation would be better. Okay. Engaged would imply I'm, engagement with force. Okay. How about encountered? That's another one, yeah. Yeah. Although it does seem like the school resource officer is the reason he dropped the backpack at the front door, limiting his uh, the the availability of ammunition. Yeah.
1: So, but, a- anyhow, just in... in looking into his past also was known to like cut himself
2: yeah that that was reported by one of those friends that used to hang out with him and then they lost touch is that he showed up I believe the friends were out playing basketball and he showed up with cuts on his face and the excuse he gave at first was a cat scratched him okay but then when pressed on it he admitted that he had done it to himself and if I'm getting this correct, the friend said, wow, that's, that's crazy. Why would you do that? And his response was, "That eh, it was fun. Hmm, fun.
1: Okay, so he also worked at the local Wendy's and said uh, his co-workers reported he didn't say a lot, didn't socialize with the other employees. He just worked, got paid, came, came in to get his check. A young woman who worked with him, said that at times he would get aggressive and she this is a quote from her he would be very rude towards the girl sometimes and one of the cooks threatening them by asking do you know who i am and he would also send inappropriate texts to the ladies the former coworker did not identify herself uh, preferred to remain anonymous And said that uh, another co-worker said at the park there'd be videos of him trying to fight people with boxing gloves. He'd take them around with him. Hmm. Said he had a stutter and a lisp when he was bullied. Cut his face, as you said, just for fun. He said that uh, he would shoot at strangers with a BB gun from a car. So, I don't know, all of these seem like they are warning signs, indicators of instability, and would suggest a propensity to commit violence against others. Apparently, his mother was a drug addict. That's why he lived with his grandmother. My yeah, that's it's,
2: been reported that they fought a lot, and he left his parents' house or his mom's house that is owned by the grandmother, and apparently the grandmother was trying to kick the mother out for the drug use, but he was living with the grandmother instead of the mother.
1: Yeah. So, it seems to me like it certainly occurs to me, and I'm not a psychiatrist or psychologist, but this reversion from society in general and this lack of interacting with others we already know that suicides in this country way up and to a great extent the increase is attributed to the covid lockdowns especially among school age children and you know Maybe this is a stretch, but I don't think so. I think that this work-from-home stuff, I think that's a bit of a problem as well. Even as adults, as responsible adults, there's just there's a need we have as humans to interact in person, not on screens, with other humans. And here's another situation where, who knows, maybe this is a result of him. We'll, we'll never know because the guy's dead. Maybe this is a result of bullying. If it's true, as is reported, that he was bullied because of um, a speech impediment. Well, that's cruel, that's inappropriate. And then you got to look at, well, where are their parents to teach them? No, you shouldn't do that. Because at some point in your young life, you're going to encounter people with various disabilities, right? Oh, yeah. And respectful and self respecting parents are going to talk to their children, they should, about those situations. It's not appropriate to stare and glare and mock whatsoever. And I'm not saying that's the root cause here, but who knows, honestly? It doesn't really matter. What matters is, if you are doing that, if a person is experiencing that, and again, I'm no medical, clinical professional, I just would expect that they would kind of start to isolate themselves. Why would you want to put yourself in an environment where you're going to be treated in a hostile manner. Nobody wants that. So I'm not making excuses. I'm just, I'm just trying to figure out how do we solve this problem. And it seems like everybody's got a solution. And to the left, it's let's take everybody's guns away. And to the right, let's, you know, let's just let's turn all the schools into fortresses. I, I don't know that that's solving the problem or will solve the problem. Uh, But smart people got to figure this out, and it's going to take a cross-section from lots of different uh, experts across the spectrum of of issues and subject matters here. Time for a break on uh, Middays. We'll come right back. We are in the Element Well Studios today. Stay with us.
11: This hour of middays with Gerard Gibbert is sponsored by Innovative Health Clinic in Ridgeland. For personalized in-office treatment for urinary incontinence, erectile dysfunction, and neuropathy. They help you get your life back.
13: This is the opening Agri-Market Report. It's the opening of the New York Cotton Exchange July cotton was down 421 to 140.95. December Cotton was down 183 to 122.78. The open of the Chicago Board of Trade, July soybeans were up 28 and a quarter to 1709 and a quarter per bushel. August soybeans were up 23 and a half to 1644 per bushel. July corn was down 9 cents to 763 and a quarter per bushel. September corn was down 6 and three quarters to 733 per bushel. At the Mercantile, August live cattle was up a nickel to 132.57. October live cattle was down 20 to 138. Even. August feeders up 80 to 167.15. September feeders up 85 to 170.20. And at the open, the Dow Jones up 471 points, 32,591. I'm Dixon Williams, and this is Super Talk Mississippi Agri News Network.
0: with Gerard Gibbert. Keep rolling. Three, two, one. On Super Talk Mississippi.
15: I was a little too tall. Could have used a few pounds. Points hollering down. She was a black-haired beauty with big dark eyes. And points on her own. Sudden way up high. Well,
2: firm and high.
1: We are back on middays from the Element Well Studios. We thank you so much for joining us. This Espire Text Line, 601-879-4395. Yeah, so on the ceasefire text line Kyle says, Has anyone said where an eighteen year old working at Wendy's got five thousand dollars or more to drop on guns, ammunition, and buddy uh body armor, Jerry and Waynesboro asked the same question. Yeah, exactly. Rhino and I discussed this yesterday before we left the studio after we went off the air. We were scratching our heads as well. Where do you get the money to make this sort of purchase and I, and I, guess, I mean, you. their records exist in the firearms retailers and the dealers, so that information can be obtained. Uh, was it a cash transaction? Maybe it was his grandmother's credit card. I mean, it, anything we say is speculative at this point.
2: But we do have reports that they were arguing about money. Okay. Or the argument was over paying a phone bill. Okay, I didn't know that. That's, that is now Sir, It's been reported.
1: Okay. Paying a phone bill. Yeah, so uh, Thomas and Greenwood says closer to ten thousand dollars. Okay, if his picks are legit, I, I don't know. Um, I haven't priced anything like that,
2: but it still begs the question: How could an eighteen-year-old working fast food afford something that I wouldn't be able to budget for without doing some pretty hard crimping?
1: Yeah, I, who knows? Um. You could say maybe stole it, but still in that kind of cash would be pretty hard these days. Nobody keeps that kind of cash around. Uh that you'd have to rob a bank. Um I I don't know. But if he's living at his grandma's house, it's easy to scrape up ten thousand dollars. Well, first, I don't think he was employed by the Wendy's anymore. Second, that's that's what Tom says. That means he would have saved every dime, virtually, he made.
2: For an extended uh, period of time.
1: Yeah. I don't know. And maybe that's why he went to work. Maybe he, his plan was, I'm going to go to work and scrape everything I can out of my paycheck, stow it away so I can go buy guns to play shoot 'em them up. I don't know. Um, I don't know how relevant that is, honestly, at this point. What we know is that he legally obtained these weapons, right? In in Texas, like for 60 years, I think, you've been able to buy long long guns at the age of 18. Long time. He's longer than that, yeah. So, and I know there's folks asking questions, well, how does an 18-year-old, well, what if he was 21? Well, I, that's possible, too. It's not like, I think we just have a situation where this particular killer was 18. But they're not all. So and you can still buy these weapons, and it, and they obtain they were obtained legally. In this case, I assume he had a background check done if he bought it through a firearms dealer, right? You, I mean, you're going to do the typical background check. So that kind of blows a hole in the argument of we need universal background checks. I, I just think there's there's lots of sort of knee-jerk reaction solutions that don't really address the core problem, which I think is just a, a, a breakdown of the family and society in general. And I, I still believe that these screens we have, these tools, these electronic devices that occupy us, as opposed to interacting, it, it, it's almost like a fake world. As opposed to interacting directly and appreciating the value of human life, I think there's there is uh, certainly an influence there when you're interacting and socializing with people one on one. And this we we know for a fact that that's a problem because of what was happening in um, during COVID when we had everybody locked up and and kids were. Um, Experiencing pretty difficult bouts of rebellion and depression and suicide, worst case. We got a record amount of Americans taking antidepressants in this country. also saw a report that said there are fewer guns in households, as as a percentage of total households, today than in 1980. I, I found that rather shocking. The, the President says it's the gun lobby. so everybody's got you know s- some some crutch, something to hang their hat on as the as the culpable reason um, but I, none of that in my view seems to address the problem. Somebody said uh, kids need to, today a belt to their backside. Here's the question: by whom? who? That's a problem right there. Who? Who's going to put the belt to them? It's, it, that's the issue. It is time for a break here on Middays. We're at the top of the hour. That means the news coming your way. When we return, Jordan Jones, Rugged Way Executive Director and Army Green Beret, and Blake Jones, Jordan's son, will talk about their organization and mentorship program.
0: You're listening to WFMN Flora Jackson. Super Talk, Mississippi. Powered by your tree professionals at Baroni's Tree Pros. Online at baroniestreepros.com.
18: Fox News. I'm Chris Foster. Funerals are being planned for the 19 children and two teachers shot and killed at an elementary school in Uvalde, Texas, Tuesday. Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer says no amount of bloodshed seems to be enough for Republicans to budge on new gun laws. These families, my colleagues, don't want thoughts and prayers. They want their elected leaders to respond to their suffering. They don't want to be lifted up. They don't want good intentions. They want something to change. Texas Senate Republican John Cornyn.
19: This is not an excuse to infringe the Second Amendment rights of law-abiding citizens. Doing that will do nothing to fix tragedies like this. And there are questions about why the
18: gunman was in that school for up to an hour before being shot and killed. Oklahoma Governor Kevin Stitt has signed a law banning legal abortion in his state from conception on, except for medical emergencies and cases of rape or incest. There is a legal challenge. America's listening to Fox News.
5: esisupply.net it's not if you're going to have a spill at your business or workplace it's when esisupply.net exorbitant pads by the bundle or roll esisupply.net supplynet Socknet boom products oil gator oil dry spill kits and much more esisupply.net
16: I'm Kelly Bennett, and you're listening to Super Talk Mississippi News. A new report from the Census Bureau shows Mississippi is one of six states that were significantly undercounted. The original data suggested our state's population had dropped by about 6,000. Now they're saying nearly 126,000 residents didn't get counted. Giles Ward of the Mississippi Complete Count Committee breaks down what that means.
17: This is one of the underlying reasons why so many people are having a problem trusting data that is coming from the government, a hundred and person error. When, when yeah. each person counted means $50,000 approximately to the state of Mississippi over the next 10 years. Thankfully it was caught, but uh, th- this, is, this is troubling to me.
16: Every state had some margin of error, but there were only five other states with significant undercounting. Eight states had significant overcounting.
3: The Mississippi Farm Bureau Federation celebrates 100 years in 2022. If you're not sure what that means for you, did you know Farm Bureau Insurance was created as a member benefit to help farmers insure their land and equipment? Today, everyone can benefit from great insurance rates and great coverage. We are more than agriculture. We are what's best for all Mississippi. The Mississippi Farm Bureau Federation, 100 years of faith, family, and farm bureau. Become a member today at MSFB.org.
12: In Mississippi, we look out for one another because that's the Mississippi way. I'll be honest, not long ago, I was unsure about getting the COVID 19 vaccine because I had a lot of questions. And after talking to my health care provider, I got the answers I needed to make an informed decision about protecting myself and my community because that's the Mississippi way. Got questions? Get informed by visiting themsway.com or talking to one of the physicians with the Mississippi State Medical Association.
16: A suspect wanted in connection with a shooting at a North Mississippi music festival over the weekend is in custody. 18-year-old Devonte Journey of Grenada turned himself in to Batesville Police Tuesday. A Laurel woman that allegedly rammed into a deputy's vehicle and shot a handgun Tuesday is facing new charges. Shannon Sherman is now charged with DUI, destroying county property hit-and-run and and reckless driving. She had originally been charged with aggravated assault, but that charge was dropped after a review of the body camera video footage. Thankfully, the deputy wasn't injured. Shrimp season opened at 6 yesterday, and a downward trend in the number of boats on the water continues. The Department of Marine Resources issued 309 commercial licenses and 125 recreational licenses this season. Compare that to 316 commercial and 130 residential last season
0: yourself with everything you need to take on your day. Wake up with Gallo tomorrow on 97.3 FM, Super Talk Mississippi. Get ready, get ready to go beyond the headlines and join a meaningful conversation with people from around the state. Hello, 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 hello. You're listening to Midday's with Gerard Gilbert here on Super Talk Mississippi.
1: Welcome back, everyone, to Midday's Super Talk Mississippi from the Element Well Studios on this Friday Eve. Joining us now in the studios, Jordan Jones, Rugged Way Executive Director and Army Green Beret, and Blake Jones, Jordan's son. Welcome to Midday's, folks. Thanks. Thanks for having us. All right, Jordan, tell us about uh, the organization uh, Rugged Way, your involvement with it.
20: Yeah, so the Rugged Way is a nonprofit organization that was kind of spawn from Blake's ideas actually, but uh, we do um, adventure trips and seminars that um, help coach guys and mentor guys in spiritual, mental, and physical resiliency. Hmm. And so, uh, what, what's your role in the organization exactly? You're executive director, so were you involved in in founding it and where's it headquartered? <laughs> so, that again, that's mostly Blake. Um, I guess. <laughs> to kind of tell the story of how we got there when we left Fort Bragg, North Carolina and we moved back to Louisiana. Okay. Um, Blake was still super – he was too young up there to participate in Boy Scouts. So when we moved back, we were talking about trying to get into Boy Scouts. But you got to understand that Boy Scouts outside of Fort Bragg is a little different. You know, it's all Green Berets that are the, the den leaders and everything. So we would do the booklet. Then uh, the dads would take these guys out and start sharing all the skills that we we knew from going through schools. Well, with him not being able to participate, we moved back. And um, he's like, Dad, like God's given you these talents, these skills, Where you? you I, w- I would like you to maybe start something like that. And at the time, I was super busy with the military still. Um, since then, I've done two deployments and several training exercises. And um, about six months ago, Blake's persistence uh, kept on, and he we're shooting basketball, and he says, hey, when are we going to do the Rugged Way stuff? And I was like, okay, man. You're right, we need to figure out how are we going to do this, um, because Boy Scouts just didn't fit uh, for us anymore. So we started looking at um, how to do that, how to incorporate all the skills and training, but also be faith-based, and uh, what does that look like. So I go back to work. Erase my training board because the guys had just went on a deployment, and start kind of writing down ideas and brainstorming. You know, what classes could I teach? How do I tie this to faith based um, lessons? And then, you know, so that's kind of where the whole three aspects of the human domain came into play. Of hey, we want to develop young guys spiritually, mentally and physically. Yeah. Um and so next door just happens to be our chaplain and he comes walking over and he sees this whole plan laid out on a whiteboard and he says uh you know you're missing a really valuable age group here. And I was like, oh, "Man, I don't I don't know which what you're talking about because we've got we figure about 8 years old to about 16 is probably what would be interested in this type of thing." And he was like, "No, man, like your 18 to 30-year-old guys would love to go on trips with you as well and learn some of the skills that you've learned and hear some of your stories and how does that apply to your daily life. And I said, man, I don't know. I don't know about that. Who wants to hang out with a 36-year-old dad, you know? <laughs> and he was like, well, man, you're you're not just a 36-year-old dad. You're a U.S. Army Green Beret. And I have a hard time seeing myself that way. I'm surrounded by other guys that uh, I feel are very extraordinary sure. and have done more. And, um... He was like, I'm telling you, that's what you need to do, (laughs) and within, it's funny how God works in that because within two, three days, I'm talking to a therapist friend of mine, and I'm kind of pitching this idea to him, and he says the same exact thing, almost verbatim. He says, you know, you're kind of missing an age group that would really enjoy this. You know, your young men up to 30s, even maybe older, would love to participate in something like this. So then, you know, things kind of started twisting from just meeting up and doing skills trainings to let's go on actual adventures, excursion type things where we go hiking or kayaking, ATV riding. Um, we've even got a trip that's using pack horses now that we've kind of planned out where we go and go on this unknown distance, kind of unknown time thing, uh, and, and let – You know, disconnect from everything that's going on in the world around you, and start learn learning some basic survival skills, and be a little bit uncomfortable and a little bit vulnerable. And then at night, talk about you know what does it mean to be a godly man? What does it mean to be a manly man? Can you be both godly and a manly man? Because you know, um, I believe that our culture has kind of started separating the two. That if you're going to be a manly man, maybe you're not such a a Christian man <clears throat> when that's not the case you can you know have the warrior's mentality and be a protector and a provider and also be nurturing and kind and loving and um you know a godly man so Yeah Sure
1: so are, do you feel like uh Jordan that you're kind of filling a void that that, that this kind of mentorship and and uh, this kind of training
20: yeah, absolutely. It's just not available yeah. elsewhere. Well, so there is um just doing market analysis when we're looking at prices and stuff, there is a plethora of survival schools. But when you start trying to tie in spiritual development with survival skills and then, you know, Life has a lot of unknowns, so we're trying to keep our adventures slightly unknown, some mystique about them so when you when you wrap all of that together and try to develop all three aspects um it's pretty hard to find something that does that, and not to mention just a positive influence on men and boys hmm
1: interesting so. It uh, sounds like the, so. The idea came from your son. It did, and uh, he pushed you into that. And, and sometimes uh, our children are pretty effective at, at persuading. That a- absolutely, respect. absolutely. All right, so give us an example of of how you uh, take uh, from your Green Beret experience and some of the skills that you obtained uh, through becoming
20: a Green Beret and serving in that capacity. How do you apply those down to this level? Sure, absolutely. So just for instance, um, when you go when you attend selection, special forces assessment and selection, um, it's everything is unknown. You yeah. know the amount of days you're going to be there, but you don't necessarily know when certain events are going to happen, um, especially you know timed events, and you don't know the time. Um, you may not even know the distance that you're going to travel, and so that creates a psychological Aspect of it, even though you know you can run five miles, you don't know if it's going to be five miles or six miles or seven miles. So you just have to do your best. So we tried to take those types of things and build them into this within reason, and say, you know, um, we're going to provide the the gear, so a guy doesn't have to um, purchase the gear. That's also at selection. You show up, and they provide the the equipment that is going to be needed for the events, and then. We're going to step off on these this trail, and you're thinking, you know, I don't know how far I'm going to walk today, but I know I can do it. And so you're building resiliency in that. And it's the same thing in selection. Every time you get through an event and and you see that you made it to the next gate, you know, we're kind of doing the same thing here. And then, you know, later on in the course, you learn survival skills, and so, in my mind, taking in basic survival skills, that can turn into a resiliency challenge very quickly when you're trying to build a fire without a lighter and without lighter fluid, you know, yeah. to keep trying to do something that you need. Um, so yeah, I think there's, there's multiple levels of taking military training and applying it into Um, something that's can be taught and used in the woods but then also that's applicable once we get back from the trips you know in everyday life are you seeing some results (laughs) Uh, so far we we have yet to take our first trip so the first trip will probably be the end of June as like a uh, proof of concept and 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 work out anything now I have had experience as far as the military is concerned, and saying I see guys that go in and make it through the training and what they are on the other side. Like they're usually pretty resilient guys going in, but you know you take them eighteen months to three years later, yeah. and and you know they stuck it out and they've become something, you know, more that can be a- applicable after the military life. Blake, you proud of your dad here?
14: Yes, sir.
1: <laughs> uh, what? So what are your your friends that are also in the organization? What do they say to you about this?
14: Uh, no, I don't know. None of, I don't really have any of my friends in it.
1: Okay. Well, just the people that are around your dad, you got to be pretty proud it's a Green Beret. Uh, I know I'm very respectful uh, and thankful and grateful for those who serve in our military, and especially at the highest level, being a Green Beret like that. It's pretty special.
14: Yes, sir. It is pretty cool.
1: Yeah. And uh, for him to take his talents and skills and others and, and convey those down to uh, youngsters, With the hope that uh, maybe you grow up one day and be a Green Beret, huh?
14: I'm not allowed to be a Green Beret.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So i got to ask you this, uh, Jordan, uh,
20: when you take the trip. uh, What about the cell phones? Uh yeah, I, so cell phones can come along. Okay. Um, however, don't you, let them use it. Yeah, you don't know if you're going to have a service yet or not, <laughs> <I understand>. so. <laughs> like, keep them off those screens though, man. Absolutely. Yeah. I so. agree. I agree. I think that's part of it is disconnecting so we can reconnect with one another and build relationships.
1: Well, sounds like a great deal. Congratulations and uh I look forward to perhaps having you back on and hearing about uh how this is working out. I think it's going to be a successful Absolutely. Deal. I
20: appreciate it. Thanks for having us. Yeah.
1: Jordan Jones and uh, his son, uh, Blake, have been our guests here on Midday, and they are with The Rugged Way. He's the executive director. Sounds like a lot of fun. We'll talk to you guys soon. All right. Thank you. Middays will be right back after this break. Stay with us.
19: Carter Jewels was established 172 years ago in 1849 and is recognized as one of the oldest surviving businesses in the nation. One of the reasons for this 172 year miraculous survival has been our commitment to quality. Today we've stepped up our game and we're producing what we believe and know is the best quality diamond and gemstone jewelry ever made with no equal and finish in detail. I'm going to say that again. Carter Jewelers is producing the best quality diamond jewelry ever made, and we're selling this jewelry at incredible prices. Carter Jewelers has been voted best jewelry store for the last three years by the Jackson Free Press. Trade-ins are welcome. 18 months interest-free financing and no credit check financing. Carter Jewelers is located downtown Jackson on High Street, two blocks from the Capitol and the Pemberton Plaza in Vicksburg.
14: Morgan Stone has been serving builders, contractors, and homeowners since 1997. They have everything for interior and exterior projects.
3: We have all kinds of stuff.
14: Marcus, let me tell him. Stone pavers, stone benches, stone slabs, stone boulders, stone fire pits, flagstone, fieldstone, bluestone, cobblestone, chopstone.
15: That's right, Zeta.
14: I'm Zoe Morgan. We're rock solid since 1997. Statewide delivery, the largest stone yard in Mississippi. Come see us at Morgan Stone in Brandon. Morganstone.com
4: This is Michael Guest. I'm honored to serve as your congressman. The National Right to Life Committee has given me a 100% pro-life score and the Susan B. Anthony list has given me an A-plus rating for my work in Congress on pro-life issues. Now more than ever, it's important we speak up for the unborn and support the right to life. I'm Michael Guest, I approve this message, and I ask for your vote on June the 7th. Paid for by friends of Michael Guest.
7: Frisco Deli, serving giant sandwiches, award-winning rib plates, and original recipe catfish with a family-friendly atmosphere. Open 1030 a.m. to 8 p.m. Monday through Friday. Frisco Deli, we have something for everyone. Located just off Pearson Road on Phillips Lane in Pearl. Come see us.
9: The only way to protect you and your family
13: from the current wave of gun violence is for you to be mentally and physically prepared to confront it. The only way to do that is proper instruction, training, and practice with a professional firearms instructor. Boondocks FTA is the place to learn or become more efficient in your firearm skills. Like us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and visit us at boondocksfta.com.
11: This hour of Middays with Gerard Gibbert is sponsored by Innovative Health Clinic in Ridgeland for personalized in-office treatment for urinary incontinence, erectile dysfunction, and neuropathy. They help you get your life back.
7: Tune in to Good Things with me, Rebecca Turner. It's Mississippi's Radio Happy Hour, weekdays from 2 to 3 p.m., right here on Supertalk Jackson
0: 97.3. Middays with Gerard Gibbert. What?
7: What? Yeah.
21: Is so awesome
0: on Super Talk Mississippi.
1: And roses. We are back on midday super top Mississippi.
2: Young Axel, not to be confused with current Axel. Oh, Axel is, Rose.
1: Okay. Is there, he can't
2: quite do what he used to do. No, you're exactly right. He expended much energy. Vocal range is just not quite there. It happens. It happens. And he's about two and a half times the size he was. Really? Oh, yeah. Well, he was the last time I saw him. Put on a few LBs. Oh, yeah. Huh. Interesting. So he can't do the shimmy as well. I got
1: you. (laughs) Well, uh, we are back in the Element Well studio. So you know what Mr. Jones is doing there and his son. Enjoyed having them on the program. It sounds like a, a great organization with a great objective. And i got to say, Rhino, this is what I'm talking about. This is getting youngsters together in a positive way. Who doesn't like that sort of stuff, where you learn skills, especially from a Green Beret, and you go on these trips? Those are fun. But I believe that it's those kind of activities That produce good productive law-abiding citizens. They gotta be around others. And they gotta be around good role models and mentors. Mr. Jones sounds like seems like a perfect one in that respect. And we should be in awe of Green Berets, shouldn't we? It's pretty dang special. And I don't know that I've ever met one that isn't like Mr. Jones in that they are not pretentious uh, whatsoever and very humble. They just did a job. You heard Aaron Rice on our program yesterday, been on a few times, lost part of his leg. And... You know, he's not bitter about it. I, I wouldn't blame anybody if they were, but what? these are just great role models, great exa- examples of patriotic, God-fearing, America-loving Americans. It's almost like that's become taboo. It shouldn't. We should all aspire to that. And I think this country's full of people like that. They're just the silent ones. They don't get the attention. And then one rodent appears, as is the case in Texas. And there's no doubt that when you witness that, it, it, shakes, your, it shakes your senses to the core. I, I watched this morning... Very early, an interview with a teacher in the school, in another classroom. And so she said, "I saw him coming going down the hall, and, you know, at that split second, debated, should I go after him?" She wasn't armed. And of course, with him with his body armor on, I assume you could probably stun him, shake him. Well, from everything
2: I've seen, he had the what's called a plate carrier, which is what holds the body armor, the oh. protective shield. But it's really just cloth. Okay. He didn't actually have the the plate in the plate carrier. Okay, got gotcha. you. Hmm. Wonder why. Well, the plate carrier you can get for cheapest ones probably thirty, forty bucks up to. You pay whatever you want to for them if you really want to. But uh, then you get into buying the plates, and the plates will cost three or four times as much.
1: This I uh, appreciate that. this, But this teacher, when she was being interviewed, was, of course, very emotional, crying. And she just said, I felt like I needed to stay with my kids. I love my children. Sure. You can understand that. But you could tell that she felt a little bit of concern, maybe even remorse, that maybe I could have done more. But perhaps in doing so, she would have exposed her children, and that's what her conclusion, that's what drove her conclusion to stay with them. Of course, that's your, your instinct, I think. But watching her cry like that, how did you go back to the classroom after that? After witnessing that, after experiencing that, how can they go back in that school? I mean, these are just difficult situations and difficult decisions that have to be made, but i I got to tell you, it broke my heart. It made me tear up watching her. She just wants to teach. And I know there are a lot of folks, and, and, and they're voicing their belief that we could arm the teachers and perhaps that would serve as a deterrent perhaps it would also uh protect and maybe even prevent a, an active shooter not just deter someone from entering a school and doing something stupid and those are tough questions i i don't you can just see a gazillion scenarios and exceptions right um, but I think what is true is that the majority of teachers, they don't, they don't want to have to do that. They don't, they don't want to carry weapons. They don't want to think about that. They don't want to be involved in that. And I get it. And you made an interesting observation, Rhino, about perhaps some sort of incentive
2: right i mean we have other incentives for teachers to to gain certification or go back and get their master's degree or something or to drive a school bus or to coach a team so if you are a teacher and you have military experience or law enforcement experience or you've been through training or you want to volunteer your time what's stopping there from being some incentive some incentivization of all right well if you've You've got your certification, you've got your concealed carry enhanced in the state of Mississippi. What, what's stopping them from incentivizing that? Instead of the, the blanket, all right, all teachers need to go to, to firearms training. All teachers need to be certified to carry a weapon. Why not just let the ones that want to do so? And you can incentivize it so that they're more willing to do so. I mean,
1: these are all the kinds of things I think need to be discussed. Everything should be on the table. That need to be discussed. Nothing should be dismissed. There should be open discourse with all the possible ideas to protect our most precious asset. You know, and then I started thinking okay, well, in this situation, if the teacher had been armed, well, certainly there would be a requirement that the weapon be secured. And so that would take. I, it would consume a little time, guns are pretty fast, and someone that's intent on shooting others in a classroom, in a school, has got their finger on the trigger, what's to prevent them from, if they know the teacher's arm, to bust the classroom door down and, boom, shoot the teacher first, and then, okay, no teacher, no gun.
2: And that's one of the arguments against open carry of firearms, because... The, the hypothetical that's always thrown around is say you're in the line at a fast food place. Yeah. You're the third person in line, but you've got your AR strapped to your back. Well, if somebody wants to come in and shoot up the fast food place and they walk in the door, first thing they see is you with the potential to fire back. Yeah. So they're going to shoot you first. Right. You you lost the element of surprise. Yeah. And the, and the protective
1: aspect of that. So I, I'd say that perhaps that has some value, but it's not a perfect solution. I don't think you can say, okay, that's it. All the teachers are armed. Done. No problem anymore. I don't think that's possible. I really don't. And once again, I think it's sad that we're having to turn schools into fortresses, essentially. And it's really, when you think about it, all because of such an infinitesimal number of people in the world that want to do this, what compels them to do it? I think that's where the focus has got to be. Just as I think if people want to put drugs in their body, they're going to figure out a way to get those drugs, whether they're legal or not, and they're going to consume them. I think if people want to harm others, they're going to figure out a way to do it. This person appeared to be bound and determined, for whatever reason, to go kill children in a school. One thing I don't understand... Is per, it, it, that I think is possible? Is with all the artificial intelligence that social media has, they could have detected his Facebook post thirty minutes ahead of time and issued a warning. It seems. that yeah, How do you go to Facebook well. jail
2: for a joke? But he could post, "I shot my grandma," but nobody mentions it. We'll be right back on midday's.
5: From the SeabrookPaint.com Weather Center, I'm Bob Sullender. For all your paint and coating needs, go to SeabrookPaint.com. Today, a 30% chance of rain under partly cloudy conditions, high near 81. Tonight, mostly clear, low around 59. You're finally Friday, sunny skies, high only to 81. And a look to Saturday, sunny conditions, high near 85. This weather brought to you by our friends at Gaddis McLaurin Mercantile in downtown Bolton. Shop local. Gaddis McLaurin Mercantile, your building supply experts since 1871.
9: how do we make a great deal even greater at Ag Up Equipment? We up it. During the 75th anniversary, get an added $1,075 discount on a John Deere 5E tractor, bringing the total discount to $3,825 off. And get 0% financing while you still can. So tackle the big jobs in a 5E tractor with up to 73 horsepower. Visit agup.com. Offer valid 516 through 530 22 or when inventory runs out. Three-cylinder tractors only. Some exclusions apply. CB for
10: details.
16: we <small noise> I'm Kelly Bennett, and you're listening to Super Talk Mississippi News. A new report from the Census Bureau shows Mississippi is one of six states that were significantly undercounted. The original data suggested our state's population had dropped by about 6,000. Now they're saying nearly 126,000 residents didn't get counted. Giles Ward of the Mississippi Complete Count Committee breaks down what that means.
17: This is one of the underlying reasons why so many people are having a problem trusting data that is coming from the government, 126,000-person error, when when each person counted means $50,000 approximately to the state of Mississippi over the next 10 years. Thankfully, it was caught, but uh, this is is troubling to
16: me. Every state had some margin of error, but there were only five other states with significant undercounting. Eight states had significant overcounting.
4: Here in Seaspire Country, the best network anywhere is all
15: around you.
0: It's up on our towers, where blazing fast 5G is turning your smartphone into a superphone. It's under your feet, where we lay gigabit fiber to make the internet faster than you've ever seen. It's powering your phones, feeds, tablets, TVs, and businesses. So now the best technology anywhere is right here. Welcome to Seaspire Country. It's just like the rest of the country.
1: We we're back on Midday, Super Talk Mississippi. In the Element Well Studios, Barry in Golden, Mississippi says, A hardened single point of entry and one-armed guard, the shooting never happens. Disagree, uh, Barry. There are lots of schools that have such, and Sandy Hook was an example. But in that case, the shooter shot the doors down. And it is uh it it did not enter through a door, it actually gained entry by doing so. But isn't that possible? Almost all these schools have multiple doors. Seems like with a powerful enough weapon, you shoot the door down. I don't think they're gonna just enter through the normal means. Hey, I'm here to shoot people. Now I understand it's a deterrent and and you and you wouldn't do that i just think if somebody wants to get in that school unless there's only one door even that could be breached with a weapon i think it maybe slows it down deters it and then the you got one officer on the campus they got to be where that person is do they stand at what door and I guess you could have multiple officers standing at every door. That seems like that would take a lot of assets to do that. But whatever door it is, couldn't a bad guy shoot the door down, shoot the guard, and do a whole lot of damage before taking out? It seems to me like that would be possible. I see, folks may have other ideas about that, but... These weapons can – I don't think the doors are so hardened, are they, that you can't – couldn't bust them down with a proper weapon? I mean, they could be. I guess that's possible, right, to withstand the force and the impact and the damage done by a handheld weapon? Oh, yeah. So should we retrofit every school with those doors? Again, this is what I think is we've got to get people around the table that are experts.
2: Well, I mean, there are products already on the market designed to secure rooms like in a school shooting situation. And one of them is this flat piece of of powder-coated metal that you shove under the door, pull a lever, and it, it will physically stop the door from opening until you push the lever back in. Okay. And it's for use in lockdowns. Uh, yeah. So it wouldn't matter how many bullets you put into the lock of the door, the door would not budge. Okay. And classrooms should be locked. But kids change classes.
1: some point, they're in the halls. I mean, I just don't know how practical it is to completely lock the situation down. What about when they're getting off the bus, walking in from the parking lot? You just can't live your life in a steel shield around you all the time, right? A force field like you see on the cartoons, right? The, 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 the more it's like a cat and mouse game. We get more creative with security, and they and the bad guys get more creative about breaching the security. Uh, it's, heck. We we are all out. We're sitting ducks to any bad guys. Every day. I guess you could say you could haul yourself up in your house. Not that you could a bad guy couldn't penetrate the house. That happens all the time, too. So I think there's action that could be taken that would improve, but I don't think it's perfect. And and I again I think that if someone's just hell bent on killing people in a school to figure out a way to do it. They'll circumvent it. We were talking earlier offline about this rapidly advancing technology to produce weapons with 3D printers. Goodbye going to the gun store to buy a printer. Uh, Excuse me, a a gun. You just need access to a 3D printer. Right now, it's impractical from an expense
2: perspective. Yeah, because the designs that are available and you can actually make now are... At best, single-shot firearms, you might get a couple rounds through them, but it's not safe, and you got to pay through the nose for the high-density polymer or whatever they're using to print it. Yeah, because you can't just use the same plastic you use to make a little trinket for your desk. Right. Okay, so I, I just think this. But is, there are uh, there is work in the same way you have what four or five-axis CNC machines. Yep. Yeah. That cut away chunks of metal to make designs. You have 3D printers, I'm pretty sure they're already out there, they're just really expensive, that can print in metal. That's right. I mean, heck, they've got 3D printers now that work with concrete and can build houses. You just set it up in the middle and it prints out a house. I've seen that. And so, you know, that
1: technology is advancing rapidly. It's
2: because it's extremely valuable. Uh, and I, but it doesn't even the, take a three D printer. It doesn't require that much investment to make a firearm. Well, that's true. I don't know
1: if you could. I don't know if you could make a, a weapon as powerful and effective as an
2: AR fifteen. It would be difficult. Yeah, it would require some level of of engineering. But you can take a piece of metal pipe and a piece of wood and some wire and a, a nail, and you've got a single shot shotgun.
1: Yeah. So I, I I'm just gonna say again. I I think they're uh, A lot of smart folks out there that that come from a cross-section of uh, subject matter that are all in play here that I think need to be assembled to discuss this problem.
2: I think Chris, the mailman on the ceasefire text line, puts it best. You can mitigate risk. You cannot eliminate it. Okay. I agree.
1: Totally agree. Appreciate that, Chris. Totally agree. But it seems like something's going on in our culture though that i don't think gets enough attention and it's it's why what compels a person well you know why and and it's got to start with this breakdown dissolution of the traditional family i still believe that's a core cause of a lot of our Societal problems, our economic problems, our crime problems. Um, I, look, we're we have developed into a nation of incivility. We just have. I think it could be argued that that's more prevalent, and it's gotten more legs because of social media. We all have a uh, a mechanism to communicate our thoughts, our other content, photos, etc., videos, to the entire world instantly. And I think a lot of people see that as a way to uh, kind of mitigate their grievances in society, with society, or their personal problems and personal challenges. You see that rather regularly. I also think that we have a, a generation that are attached to screens, I'm uh, going to say that again, that don't interact enough. That's why I like to see Mr. Jones that was in here earlier with the organization he's created that I think addresses that. But we have. We've become indifferent uh, to it. And and now, I say again, I'm not a fan of this work-from-home trend, I think you need to be your butt in the office, working with, uh, being around your coworkers. workers I, I think there's tremendous value to that. There's a sense of belonging, and humans desire to be part of society and teams. It's just, it is built into our DNA, intentionally, by our maker.
2: I think that's how you come to respect life. That's one way my dad always reminded me to not be so stubborn. He would quote John Donne. No man is an island. Absolutely. But it seems like
1: that our society is, we, all, we almost, we, we adulate it to a great extent. We certainly facilitate it to a great extent. So this is a, another situation where we have incredibly powerful technology that provides un, uncountable unquantifiable societal value but it's got its risks and its downsides and its warts as well almost like any innovation does. Perhaps the most prevalent example is nuclear power. That's a good cause and a bad cause. Good use and a bad use. Same deal here. That doesn't mean you throw it all away and discontinue it. You just got to keep it in perspective and manage accordingly. We'll take a break on middays, another segment in this hour, and then Clyde Morgan, owner of Precision Shooting and Forest, joins us at 1205.
4: Protect your home and office with Havard Pest Control, a family-owned and operated business for 75 years. Havard provides termite and pest services with free quotes, low monthly payments, free recalls, and unmatched customer service. For more information, visit HavardPest.com.
6: This is Michael Cassidy, Republican candidate for Congress here in Mississippi's 3rd District. While inflation and illegal immigration are hurting Mississippi families, Congressman Guest has different priorities. He joined Biden and Pelosi and voted to send 53 billion of your tax dollars to Ukraine. Ukraine is not in our national interest, but fighting inflation and illegal immigration are, and when elected, they will be my priorities. I'm Michael Cassidy, America First Republican for Congress, and I approve this message.
7: Paid for by Michael Cassidy for Congress.
9: Hi, I'm David Frederick, owner of Frederick Sales and Service in Brandon. For more than 27 years, years, we've been selling and servicing Exmark mowers here in central Mississippi. Whether you have a city lot, a country estate, or a large institutional property, Exmark has a mower to fit your needs. I invite you to come by and check out all of what Exmark and Fredericks has to offer. With special financing available, we have mowers in stock and ready for you. Frederick Sales and Service, the choice in outdoor equipment, serving you since 1993.
8: Breezy Oaks Ranch is Mississippi's source for local pasture-finished YQ beef and heritage pork. No antibiotics, no hormones. Breezy Oaks Ranch YQ beef and heritage pork is healthy and has incredible flavor in marbling. Call 601-908-9080 or breezyoaksranch.com. Pick up or
9: delivery.
13: This is the midday agri-market report. In this continued efforts to get formula to families in need, the USDA is encouraging state agencies and their infant formula manufacturers to consider seeking temporary flexibility in their infant formula contracts to allow WIC participants to purchase alternate sizes, forms, and brands of infant formula during the current shortage. State agencies have contracts with one of three manufacturers to provide specific formula to WIC infants who are partially or fully formula fed. To maximize access for WIC participants, the USDA is recommending state agencies, Rickett, Mead, Johnson, RMJ, and Gerber, to work together to consider temporarily allowing alternate brand formulas. Responding to infant formula shortage has been and will continue to be a team effort, says Ag Secretary Tom Vilsack. We encourage states and their formula manufacturers to work together to maximize access to infant formula for WIC participants. I'm Dixon Williams. This is Talk, Mississippi, AgriNews Network.
0: Just three words tell you everything you need to know. They tell you why we employ more than 2,000 workers at our factory in Virginia Beach. And why over 10,000 local steel dealers are putting battery power in the hands of Americans. Just three words. Made in America. Real steel. Find yours at SteelUSA.com. The majority of steel products sold in America are made in America of U.S. and foreign materials. Batteries and chargers are sourced internationally. Why? Just think about it. Why is the number one selling brand of chainsaws not sold at Lowe's or the Home Depot? We can give you over 10,000 reasons. That's how many authorized local steel dealers you can find across the country. Visit one, and you'll find a range of dependable gas and battery-powered tools, from trimmers to blowers. And you'll find service from experienced professionals. Real steel. Find yours at steelusa.com. Lowe's and Home Depot are trademarks of their respective companies.
8: Hey, it's Richard Cross. Be sure to catch Sports Talk Mississippi, your new home for the best sports coverage right here in the Magnolia State. Every day from three until six, right here on Super Talk Jackson, ninety-seven
0: point three. Come on. Middays with Gerard Gibbert. All right, we are back. On Super Talk, Mississippi.
1: Big Jagger and the Rolling Stones. I just remember that as the as the theme song from Tour of Duty. One of my favorite shows. When was that? Back in the eighties, early nineties? Of course, about Vietnam. Fascinating. It was actually a good
2: series. Came on Saturday nights. And that, of course. First episode debuted September twenty fourth, nineteen eighty seven. Okay. And the show took place in nineteen sixty-seven. Right. And I want to say Paint It Black was released
1: about then, right? Oh yeah. By Mick Jagger and the Stones. Perfectly matched song, I think, to the series. Carol in Starkville says, put Bible back in schools. I wish it was that easy, Carol. Uh I think that's fine, but what about children in the schools that aren't Christians? We're not going to turn them away. And I'm not for thrusting. Any religion on any kids in a school, that, I think, is clearly a violation of... It's not really a separation of church and state, but a government institution endorsing a specific religion, a specific faith. I wish it was that easy. I I, I don't think that... uh, So if you live in a completely dysfunctional home, Such as this child, the shooter, the 18-year-old. I just don't know that had this person been exposed to the Bible in school, would it change their hearts? I just don't think it. Just my opinion. I'm not opposed to the Bibles in schools. I just don't think that solves this problem. Uh, we got... I think we have a breakdown in society in general, and, we, and it, it to a great extent I think you could say, Rhino, it starts at the top. It starts with those who we all see a lot of, our elected leaders, they're uncivil to each other. We have shared a series of tweets yesterday from a rep that was lashing out at Senator Ted Cruz, and it happens on the right as well. I'm not giving them a pass.
2: Oh, the, uh, the Beto tank man meme was shared by, I believe, a rep from Minnesota or Wisconsin, somewhere up in the Great White North. It wasn't even like a random Twitter answer. Tank
1: user. man. <laughs> and that, was, that it was, so here's the deal. Beto goes in there, and you know what he said to Greg Abbott, to the governor? This was so predictable. No, what was predictable was you politicizing this tragedy. That was predictable. We predicted it here on this show before he did it. And then Barack Obama politicizing it. None of that is solving this problem. None of it is. Something's going on in our society, in our culture. Why do we hate each other so much? And uh, You know, again, I'm not a clinician I'm not one of these that is skilled at cleaning cobwebs out of folks' heads. I know someone said earlier, we should open up the mental hospitals. And uh, who was that that said that earlier, Rhino? I'm sorry, I can't find it. But, you know, I what we've done in society, if I'm not mistaken, is we... We, we try to keep as many out of those institutions and even when they're young right and they're have have uh, special needs. We want to assimilate them in the classroom That's been for some time. Would this person been there's zero evidence of any kind of mental health problems, although you would got to think that... That were reported to authorities. Correct. But who's going to go tell authorities? I don't know. This guy shaves his face with a razor and cuts himself, right? Because even, I think I read earlier from the report, that one of his fellow workers at the Wendy's observed that. Maybe that's... And it definitely seems like that that's something we could do. But then you get the fear of, oh, my gosh, if I go report somebody for doing this, something like that, you know, unless you can do it anonymously, and you might be able to, you're still taking a risk. Well, this killer knows the only people that would know this are maybe the people I work with at the Wendy's. I mean, I don't know that are likely to do that. You're taking a risk when you do that. And I think a lot of people are hesitant is the only thing I'm saying. To, to do that. But yet, yeah. So what will we have done to this person? Send him to a psychiatrist?
2: Put him on a 72-hour hold and let him go.
1: That's exactly what would have happened. Man, I don't know. I, I just don't think it's as easy as, as the folks that offer all these various solutions... I got one uh, from uh, uh, on Facebook here. Somebody sent me a private message with things they would like to see done. They think would solve this problem, and I, everybody's got ideas, and I think that's great. All ideas ought to be considered. I just don't think it's that easy. That's all I'm saying. We'll take a break right here. Clyde Morgan, owner of Precision Shooting Center in Forest, joins us after the break. Return.
18: News. I'm Chris Foster. Witnesses say some fathers outside the school in Texas where 19 kids and two teachers were killed Tuesday were urging police to storm the shooter sooner, offering to do it themselves.
3: There's been a lot of reporting out there regarding
18: the potential for the gunmen to be in that classroom, maybe 40 minutes, maybe up to an hour. That is something we are trying to work out with our sources. Fox's Bill Malugin in Uvalde, Texas. The economy first quarter of the year was weaker than first reported, according to the Commerce Department.
4: The gross domestic product declined one and a half percent for the first three months of the year. It's a confirmation the economy slipped at the start of this year. However, there's continuing strength in the job market. The number of people filing for unemployment benefits for the first time declined to 210,000 last week.
18: That's Fox's Ginny Casola in New York. The actor Ray Liotta died. He was 67 years old, making a movie in the Dominican Republic. America's listening to Fox News.
21: As locals, ADS Security is committed to keeping the community safe. We're the same great company, same local office, with the same local service you've counted on for years. Visit us in Gluckstadt. ADS Security. 601-898-3105. Call today.
7: Guys, have Viagra and Cialis let you down? It can get you to the point where you think your best days are behind you. Well, think again. If you suffer from any type of erectile dysfunction, regardless of your age or medical history, Innovative Health Clinic in Ridgeland can help. Their treatment options work without pain, needles, surgery, or medications, and no downtime using the latest proven technology. Call 601-944-5585 or visit InnovativeHealthClinic.net for an appointment today.
5: The best made to order lunch in Northeast Jackson is at Fourth and Gold Sports Cafe. The wings, the chicken tenders and bites, fried or grilled, and the best special. Pizzas in the Metro. Call 769 208 8283. That's 769 208 8283. 769 208
16: 8283. I'm Kelly Bennett, and you're listening to Super Talk Mississippi News. Senator Roger Wicker accused Democrats of political posturing on gas prices this week. Congressman Stephen Palazzo also believes President Biden's anti domestic energy policies are behind the record prices we're all paying at the pump.
10: You know, what's driving our inflation right now is, is the failed policies of the Biden administration, starting uh, with his war on energy, on American energy. So we have to drill here, we have to drill now, get the prices down. He
16: also wants to secure the southern border. Stopping
10: the flow of these deadly drugs that are killing our children at record levels because of the Chinese fentanyl-laced operations that are being run out of Mexico. Uh, Stop the pedophiles and the the felons uh, and just stop the invasion at our southern border.
16: Palazzo says if we don't do it fast, we're all going to end up border states and that's not something he wants for Mississippi.
7: Hello, this is Rosie the Skunk for Atmos Energy. You might think I make a bad smell. I mean, of course you do. Why wouldn't you? After all, I'm a skunk. But my stinky fragrance is nothing compared to the rotten egg smell of a gas leak, because that could be dangerous. So if you think you smell a leak or encounter other signs, such as hearing a hissing or blowing sound, or seeing a vapor cloud, blowing dirt, or bubbling water, do not smoke, talk on the phone, turn on or off equipment or vehicles or do anything that could cause a spark. Leave the area immediately, then call 911 and Atmos Energy. Atmos Energy will send a trained technician to investigate the situation. Take it from a skunk, gas leaks just plain stink. Seriously, there's no gray area here. When dealing with gas leaks, it's black and white. (laughs) Yep, that's a little skunk humor there. For more information, visit atmosenergy.com slash gas safety.
16: The Southern Miss Golden Eagles took down UAB by a score of 4-3 in the opening round of the Conference USA Tournament. Next up will be a Friday morning matchup versus the winner of FAU and UTSA. Southern Miss is well represented in the Conference USA end of regular season awards. Beginning with Scott Berry, the longtime Golden Eagles skipper, was named Conference USA Coach of the Year for a fourth time. Pitching coach Christian Ostrander was named Assistant Coach of the Year after guiding the pitching staff to the nation's second-best ERA. Ostrander's ace, Tanner Hill, was awarded the league's Pitcher of the Year honor after a 7-2 season on the mound. On top of the individual awards, the Golden Eagles had a total of five players named to an all-conference team. For all things Mississippi, visit supertalk.fm. I'm Kelly Bennett.
9: way again to sponsoring the sanderson farm championship mississippi's largest professional sporting event september 26th through october 2nd entertain your clients or prospects reward your employees all from a skybox on the 18th green gotta hurry these affordable sanderson farm championship packages are available through june 15th visit sponsor today to learn more that's sponsor
14: My
7: husband and I want the best for our children, so when our son Tripp shared his interest in career and technical education, we panicked. Hard work, dirty jobs, low pay.
14: That's what we thought until we got the facts. We discovered countless paths to success,
7: not to mention the growth opportunities. I'm so glad we listened to Tripp.
22: Trade
14: up.
8: Discover the power of career and technical education and start building your career. This message brought to you by the Mississippi Construction Education Foundation. Building tomorrow's workforce today.
21: This is Ben Shapiro reminding you to listen to The Ben Shapiro Show weekday nights starting at 9 p.m. here on 97.3 Super Talk Jackson.
0: And now, now. another hour of the talk that keeps Mississippi talking. Middays with Gerard Gibbert.
14: Begin your transition now.
0: Now on Super Talk Mississippi.
1: Welcome back, everyone, to Midday's Super Talk Mississippi, back in the Element Wealth studios. Mr. Clyde Morgan, owner of Precision Shooting Center in Forest, Mississippi, is our guest. We appreciate him joining us here on Middays. Mr. Morgan, you all set? Yes, sir. Thank you, Got Gotcha. All right, so um, we wanted to have you in in the wake of this horrific shooting that occurred
22: Uh, Over in Uvalde, Texas. We've been talking about it all morning. What are your thoughts about that? It's a symptom of a larger issue. And what is that issue, in your view? Well, the destruction of the family. Yeah. Well, you and I are aligned on
1: that uh, position. I agree as well, and I believe that is at the core of virtually all of uh, that which plagues our society, from uh, crime and incivility, we've been talking about that this morning, and lack of respect for human life, and our economic uh, problems as well, I think, uh, can all be um, rooted in, and are all rooted in, the breakdown of the traditional family, and we've witnessed that. Um, Certainly in my lifetime, your lifetime, we we have been around enough uh, generations to see how that's changed. Um, And and we see organizations in this country, and politicians as well, who dismiss that concept, and in fact are critical and believe that somehow if you support the idea of
22: a, a nuclear family, that you're a racist now. Children lack the love that they need. I have witnessed professionally the broken homes and what happens to children who are abused. And uh, it really is disheartening to know that in looking at some children, they really do not stand a chance of support. Uh, My background. Includes several opportunities of of working with young people. I was in the military. I was in corrections and criminal justice in the military. This is this is rather inter- funny, but uh, I was a little basic training company commander down at Fort Polk for ten cycles, about three thousand trainees in the third cycle, I started becoming accustomed to a mother or father or both, both walking up and saying, Lieutenant Morgan, what did you do? Look at him. He stands so straight <laughs> and tall, and his shoes are shining, and his bed is made, and he says, yes, sir, and no, sir, what did you do? And my first sergeant, who was with 82nd Airborne during the Second World War and captured by the Germans, he said, just tell them we just talked to them. <laughs> yeah, right. We talked to them. We had total control over them, and we made them do what they did not want to do when we told them to do it. Yeah, and now children don't have that. No,
1: no. So a little discipline you introduced into their lives, of course. Yeah, I, you know, uh, I I can share kind of a, a personal story. I've coached youth baseball. I've talked about that on the air before, twenty five years, and I, I'll never forget. And I had a set of rules. You know, I was a coach, and these are the rules, and I had those in writing, and I required even ten-year-olds to read the rules and sign a piece of paper saying they understood the rules and they'd abide by the rules. Now, some of the parents thought I was crazy. I actually called it a contract. I wanted them to get exposed to that idea. This is a two-way deal. Two parties coming to an agreement. I'm going to coach. This is what I'm going to do. Right. You're going to play. It's what you're going to do. Right. And one of my rules was you carry your own equipment. Right. <laughs> in the first game, I have a kid that's packing his equipment up, and here comes the dad into the dugout and helping and, and carrying the equipment out. I said, no, no, no. And they quit after that,
22: because I required the kid to carry their oh, yeah. own equipment. The, the parent objected to that. Yeah, the parent objected Obje- to it, not the of kid. Of course, right. We're in trouble. Not the kid. It's yeah. like, no. Yeah. Today, it's not the police. The police are bumping into that problem because they are trying to arrest someone who's never right. been told yes or no. That's exactly right. We and,
1: want to say yes our pa- And, and parents. it's
22: amazing, and not dismay, it's disheartening that people blame the police for that. But Agreed. that I, I think that is, there's method to their madness, and, and that's the larger problem that, yeah. I, that I, in and. In, uh, I can't think of the right word, but in uh, uh, I in, uh, spoke of okay. earlier. Yeah, and my so my concern
1: is we've got uh, politicians who are in charge that just seize upon any narrative for personal political gain, and I think anything which truly does benefit uh, the country and make it safer and more prosperous that's kind of secondary to whatever gets them elected or reelected. That's kind of the political world that we live in today. But they're who we all look to for solutions, and their solutions are, hey, whatever gets me reelected or elected, that's
22: that's my position. Have you observed this as well? Do you have any thoughts about that? Personally, and it's there there're not a lot of advantages to getting older, but perspective is one of the advantages. 1963, I left the jungles of Vietnam, landed in Travis Air Force Base with about 135 other uh, American soldiers, and we were greeted by uh, cursing and people calling us baby killers and unjust illegal war, and I had propaganda leaflets I picked up off the battlefield of Vietnam. Now what's that got to do with the conversation today? There was a nascent socialistic movement in the 60s that was able to turn the American public against the most altruistic war ever fought. We were not in Vietnam to take their water buffalo, their rice paddies, or their rubber plantations. We were there part of CETO, Southeast Asian Treaty Organization, to stop the spread of communism throughout all of Southeast Asia. And South Vietnam was on the southern tip. This was it. Somehow. Yep. And some 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 movement took the most altruistic war we have ever fought, and we won. The American public gave it away, but by any metric, we won that war. And they gave it away, and some of my Vietnamese friends died. All of them lost their freedom and their nation. Okay, now fast forward to today. What's that got to do with today? Well, now – that socialistic movement, in my opinion, has infiltrated our educational system, the national uh, political system, the national media, and, and if anyone thinks just because they lose the midterm and the 24 elections, and they will, that they're going away, they really need to study a little bit of history. Yeah. Yeah, uh, well, I was
1: around then. I was a little, little young for, for service, but my brother served in the Strategic Air Command, and uh, I've always been fascinated uh, by the Vietnam War, and got a collection of books that I've read about it. Just consuming information, and I think that's because, uh, Mr. Morgan, it was played out on our television screens when I was, uh, you know, in elementary and middle school. It's every day with the, the debt, of the count of those who, who were killed in action and um, or missing in action, wounded, and so forth. It's like every day we're watching this, and you would see reporters out in the fields. And we just didn't have that. No other war had, had come to our living rooms in that sense, and had also been photographed and, and uh, had been recorded on video as much as those tools didn't really exist, and we didn't have folks in the fields. But anyhow, I've been fascinated by it. But yeah, we essentially just left the country and departed Saigon um, and, and really didn't get anything for all that loss of life and, and loss of uh, treasure
22: zero out of it. In fact, it went the other way after that. The other thing about the national news media is that if dog bites man, that doesn't make the news. If man bites dog, and that's all over the news. So if we made an error, if we kill the wrong person, if we, then that was big news. But the atrocities of the other side were not. Yeah. And once again, I get, and I'm not. Just one a person said one time, just because I'm paranoid doesn't mean somebody's not out to get me. Very true. <laughs> and, and after a while, I keep thinking there's some sub subliminal element in the United States that's trying to destroy us. Seems like it. So. Yeah. You know, first of all, thanks for your service, sir.
1: Um, you served in the U.S. Uh, infantry, in the infantry, in company the commander.
22: Yeah, so I, I'm reading that in your resume, and served two tours. I volunteered to go back, but the war was winding down. So. Yeah. Wow, that is
1: uh, that is incredible. And so now um, you have this uh, company, Precision Shooting Center in Forest. We got a break right here. You hang around with us. Come Uh, back. Yes, sir. Yeah, we've got uh, Clyde Morgan. He's the owner of Precision Shooting uh, in Forest, Mississippi. Is our guest on middays. We'll be right back.
7: Frisco Deli, serving giant sandwiches, award-winning rib plates, and original recipe catfish with a family-friendly atmosphere. Open 1030 a.m. to 8 p.m. Monday through Friday. Frisco Deli, we have something for everyone. Located just off Pearson Road on Phillips Lane in Pearl. Come see us.
2: Do you suffer from allergies, sinus, or respiratory problems, or just want to improve the quality of air you breathe in your home or business? Pure Air Consultants can help. As your indoor environmental specialist, we clean air ducts, install UV lights, and service all makes and models of heating and cooling systems. We offer the most dependable Energy Star qualified systems in the industry. Call Pure Air Consultants today. 601-939-7420.
7: A proud provider of Ream Home AC systems. <laughs> Are you feeling it? Dream, <sighs> the new
14: degree of comfort.
13: This is Joe Rooks for do-it-yourselfers or seasoned pros. Revelace is the place to go. This is Smokey Williamson. If it has to do with keys, Revelace Hardware can help. We cut house and office keys we can re-key locks in the store. And in some stores, we can even key-alike padlocks. At Rebel Ace, we program automobile keys and fobs for most makes and models for much less than the dealer. There's a Rebel Ace hardware near you. Come see us.
7: Learn more at rebelhardware.com.
9: To all the folks in the Capital City metro area, love to have you join me tomorrow morning, 6 till 9, Gallo Show. We'll start your day the informed way. Super Talk Mississippi
0: 97.3. And now, the talk that keeps Mississippi talking. Now, now on to the real part. Mike On Super Talk Mississippi.
22: We're back,
1: middays, Super Talk Mississippi in the Element Well Studios. Clyde Morgan, the owner of Precision Shooting Center in the Forest, Mississippi, is our guest. All right, so uh, Clyde, we, we are uh, just a couple of days removed from this horrific incident in Ubalde, um, Texas, where a shooter, 18 years old, with very powerful rifles, enters the school. And I believe all of the carnage occurred in one classroom is what's uh, being reported. Uh, Nineteen children, two teachers uh, murdered, slaughtered uh, at his hands. You were telling me on the break you had some ideas about that and perhaps uh, how to address that. What do you think?
22: Well, I think the concept of school resource officers is excellent. I also know that it's expensive and that it it requires manpower that could be doing something else so i have given some consideration to where our society our society by the way our society is responsible for itself you and i are responsible for ourselves or we should be we shouldn't be dependent always on law enforcement to do everything for us yeah And I realize there are legal constraints on that and lots of dangers, but now we're talking serious issues. A man with a gun comes into a school, and there's no police officer there, or the police officers in the gym or out on the field, and within 15 to 30 seconds, the deed has been done in the average shooting. My goodness. Yeah. Very short window of time. There there was a big discussion, and nothing came of it. There are always school teachers who are very qualified hunters or target shooters who easily Mm -hmm. could be certified to have a concealed carry weapon with them. And there are also three, three different categories of civilians in Mississippi who've been certified with firearms and most people don't realize that. Your security guards, hmm. now our training standards uh, could be vastly improved for security guards, but, but they receive certification. The church security teams receive hmm. certification, hmm. and of course there's Enhanced Concealed Carry Weapon. And by the way, I was the first person in the state certified hmm. to teach the enhanced. So here are four different categories of civilians. Perhaps some retired or some unduly wealthy, they would volunteer their time, but they would need a little bit of additional training. And it would be very demanding training, not necessarily physical. We're not teaching them how to make an arrest, we're teaching them how to stop a shooter. Sure. And then call the police and let the police do the policing. Gotcha. Right. It just
1: seems like, though, you and you just stated it, and I've been talking about it on the air, that there's such a compressed period of time that a lot of, of uh, carnage can be wielded
22: that there's no perfect solution there. No, there's no perfect solution. But the bad guys want it easy. They look for people, old people, yeah. uh, young people, people who are walking across the street with a cell phone stuck in their ear, people who are busy or not. Paying attention to what's going on, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, that's who they're looking for. So if they realize, for instance, nursing homes, they're looking for places where they could go. We can't put a law enforcement officer in every place. Right. Yeah. So we should be responsible for ourselves and step up to the plate. And we do have certified, we do have qualified people who can do that.
1: Yeah. Uh,
22: and, you know, I, I still believe that there should be more focus,
1: um, and, and I, I get the impression you've shared this view, there should be more focus on what is, what is causing these, these attitudes, what's causing Absolutely. people to harbor such hate in their heart. And I, I know one of the things that comes up a lot is uh, just the, the mental illness issue that, that often is, is at play when we have these these mass shootings like this, but we have other countries that I've got to have the same, I would think, same incidence of of uh, occurrence of mental illness that don't seem to have this problem the way we do here in this country.
22: Without discussing that, because I'm not. An expert. Yeah, me I'm either. Not an Expert here. but yeah. but I was back in the seventies. I was working with AFDC, aid families with dependent children. Yeah, and I'm visiting in the homes. And this is a small home, but it's very neat and clean. And and the the uh, lady was a teacher. And in our conversation with her, I was uh, looking at the pictures, and I saw the pictures of the three children, and then I saw a picture of a man. And I said, "Is that the father?" And, and she, actually, today we would say she blinked. We didn't have that term <laughs> back in the seventies. She definitely blinked. And then, I, and I said, "Well, where is he? he?" Said he's a truck driver. And I said, "And y'all, you're not married." And she said, "Oh, Mr. Morgan, I'd lose my check." Yeah. So in a, in, a, in yeah. the, with AFDC, and then later on with TANF. Yeah. Uh, the. Uh, Temporary assistance uh, yeah, for needed family. Yeah. The the TANF was an effort to try to put some responsibility on the, the individuals so that they they uh, they they had to be married and right. support their children. And we've done a miserable job of that. Yeah, we have. And you share with me some statistics and I
1: I've discussed this at length on the program just about the um out-of-wedlock birth rate in this country, and not only has it steadily increased over the last 50, 60 years, uh, last I checked, Mississippi is the top of the list in terms of teenage uh, pregnancies and out-of-wedlock births. And we just seem to – we've normalized it. I think that's what's happened in society. There was a time when there was some degree of, of shame in that you kind of violated – you breached uh, societal norms. But, but now, we we almost adulate it, we praise it, we, we laud it, uh, and and it, it just seems like, in, and, this, and that's not something that could come, any kind of admonishment. It couldn't come from you and me. It's got to come from people that that, that those who are, are promiscuous or, or think it's okay, maybe have some change of heart and are influenced by somebody they respect.
22: Um, But we've normalized this sort of behavior. The pill helped with that. I think you're right. Yeah. Yeah. The the pill enabled more sexual promiscuity without the consequences. But there were consequences because they forgot to take the pill. They didn't do this, do that. And so the the unwanted pregnancies uh, kind of mushroomed. Yeah. And then the individuals decided that, that they didn't have to marry anyway. And now we have the children suffering and now society suffering. And it's not the gun, right? Right. And and and, and th- this is my soapbox. Okay. If I am a dictator, the first thing I do is register all firearms. Then I register all firearm owners, and then I make some firearms illegal. Does that kind of start mm-hmm. sounding like yep. AR-15s? Yep. And- 20 round magazines, 30, then I prosecute all the violators, then I make all firearms illegal, (laughs) then I confiscate all the firearms, then I arrest all the violators, (laughs) and then I arrest, incarcerate, and kill whomever I desire.
16: Hmm.
22: Yeah. Well. And I'm alive because I grew up with guns. Yeah. I I, I wrote about it. I was chased off the school grounds. My daddy had the meat market, and we were a block and a half from the school grounds, and it was 1945, and and I, I got tired of sleeping on the A&P sacks, so I'd go to the school grounds until the superintendent, Mr. Hubbard, came out one day and re- told me I couldn't play they up there. I'm five years old. I had a Colt revolver that was broken that was given to me by the town marshal. Wow. Talk about how times change. <laughs> now I'd have a criminal record, but guns have always been a part, a tremendous part of my life. Yeah. And I've never been arrested and never done anything bad. So obviously, you believe
1: that uh, that we need to arm ourselves; that we need to be properly trained and equipped as a protection mechanism uh, against the the few in society
22: that are, are causing all, wreaking all this havoc, this committing all this violence. If I were a crook, I would not knowingly trying to rob or break into some place where I knew the owner or the person was yeah. armed. Why yeah. would I do that? Yeah. Where would I look? Yeah, totally agree. It's it is it's the same as um, I I was
1: in the IT business and and the folks that are looking to commit um, cyber breaches they just keep knocking on the doors till they find one that's open. They don't look for any particular target. Oh, there's
22: an open one. That's where I'm going. That's what, it's the same deal. And nice people. We want to be nice. Mm. I love what Patrick Swayze said in Roadhouse. What's that? You need to watch more movies
1: now. I read books, don't watch a lot of movies.
22: He's the primary bouncer, and after he cleaned the tables, We've about 10 seconds. yeah, Yeah, his underling came, said, how do you do that? And Swayze said, be nice until it's time to not be nice. Okay,
1: makes sense. I like that.
22: Appreciate you coming on, Mr. Clyde Morgan, the
1: owner of Precision Shooting Center. And thank you again, sir, for your service. We'll be right back on midday.
0: It's time
21: to transcend the ordinary and expect more with Mazda of Jackson. Right now, get 1.9% financing on select 2022 Mazdas in stock. That's right, 1.9% APR on select 2022 models, which will save you thousands in finance charges, and the all-new 2023 Mazda CX-50s are arriving. Buy a new Mazda, and Mazda of Jackson will take care of your first year's maintenance at no cost to you. Shop right now at MazdaofJackson.com. It's our mission to give you great deals while treating you like family every single day. Plus, you can buy with confidence with a 20 Year 250,000-mile powertrain warranty from Mazda of Jackson. Our incredible credit team will work hard to get you approved. 100% credit approval is always our number one goal. Bring in your current vehicle, and we'll buy it, even if you don't buy a new one from us. Don't overpay for your next new Mazda. Get to Mazda of Jackson today and transcend the ordinary and expect more, where nobody walks away because everybody saves. Visit our state-of-the-art facility located at 5397 I-55 Frontage Road North in Jackson. Call 991-2222 today. Mazdaofjackson.com. See dealer for details with your credit on select
14: Visit 2 for a free, no obligation estimate.
4: As a former prosecutor and now as your Congressman, I'm very concerned about the crisis of illegal immigration and drugs coming across America's southern border. I'm Michael Guest. I've gone to the border several times this year to meet law enforcement officers who are working hard to protect us. They deserve our support. You have my commitment to always fight for stronger border security to make our communities a safer place to live, worship, and raise a family. I'm Michael Guest and I approve this message. Paid for by friends of Michael Guest.
16: I'm Kelly Bennett, and you're listening to Super Talk Mississippi News. Senator Roger Wicker accused Democrats of political posturing on gas prices this week. Congressman Stephen Palazzo also believes President Biden's anti-domestic energy policies are behind the record prices we're all paying at the pump. You
10: know what's driving our inflation right now is is the failed policies of the Biden administration, starting uh, with his war on energy, on American energy. So we have to drill here. We have. Have to drill now, get the prices down.
16: He also wants to secure the southern border.
10: Stopping the flow of these deadly drugs that are killing our children at record levels because of the Chinese fentanyl-laced um, operations that are being run out of Mexico. Uh, stop the pedophiles and the, and the, and the felons, uh, and just stop the invasion at our southern border.
16: Palazzo says if we don't do it fast, we're all gonna end up border states, and that's not something he wants for Mississippi.
0: Middays with Gerard Gibbert. It is awesome. On Super Talk, Mississippi.
13: Two, three, four.
1: Thank you for joining us here on middays. We are back. You know, something else that uh, I'm observing, uh, Rhino, with respect to this politicization of such a tragedy, and almost everything that happens in our country, it, it seems like we now politicize. We go to our respective corners and we point fingers and we Often hurl insults, and we castigate and excoriate our political foes. Um, so <laughs> there's an article in The New York Times quote, "The GOP has gone even farther to the right than I expected." And, and it's, a, it's an interview, this particular article by an opinion writer, and it's, it looks like it's opinion writers that are kind of having a roundtable discussion. Um, and what, this particular one, Mr. Continetti, is the, he's the author of a book entitled The Right, Colon, The Hundred-Year War for American Conservatism. And he is having a discussion with uh, another individual, Liz Smith, L-I-S. Miss Smith was a senior advisor to Pete Buttigieg's presidential campaign and is the author of the forthcoming memoir, Any Given Tuesday A Political Love Story. So. And his first question is, on Tuesday, at least 19 children and two teachers were killed in the latest mass school shooting in a country that has witnessed too many of them. In my heartfelt and heartsick opinion, that should change the political landscape, but realistically, will it? And Ms. Smith, who has worked on the Buttigieg campaign, says it should, but I unfortunately don't think it will move the needle a ton. And uh, Mr. Continetti weighs in and says, I agree. Unfortunately, history suggests that the political landscape won't change after the horror in Texas. But their idea of change is, let's outlaw guns. That's the only idea they have. only idea they have. Universal background checks, as if that's some sort of panacea that's going to truly address not just mass shootings, but the crime problem. Because in this case, legally obtained guns by this shooter with, would have to assume, properly completed, approved background check. And there's nothing in this person's background, this killer's background, that would suggest that he should fail the background check and not be permitted and approved to purchase a firearm. But, you know, so we have, we have these people saying, oh, the GOP has gone further right than I expected. Just look at Doug Mastriano, who won the Republican governor's primary in Pennsylvania. He funded buses to shuttle people to the Capitol on January 6th and helped efforts to overturn the 2020 election in the state. He opposes abortion without exceptions. He makes Ron DeSantis look like Charlie Baker. And then, of course, we got the people on the right that are saying the same thing about the people on the left. So we just get in our corners and really don't achieve anything. Because we can't agree on anything. We can't even agree on what we don't agree on. I don't know what the solution is, but I do know that as long as the focus is always on what is in my best interest politically uh, that we're not going to solve any problems. Uh, and, And this inability to agree on what's tearing us apart. So another column that I, I read overnight. And I've said this before, I, I scour lots of these newspapers. I, I do it because I, I enjoy consuming this content, but to, to some degree as well, to pass on here on the show. I, I think it's fascinating to see the perspective from especially opinion writers in America's biggest cities, which are primarily blue. But the Boston Globe, And I said that when we interviewed Lars Larson last week, who obviously in his line of work does the same. It just seems like it's the most left-leaning. But this particular opinion writer in The Globe, Yvonne Abraham, Ms. Yvonne Abraham, she says, "...in America, Republicans and their fellow travelers fetishize zygotes and fetuses for political gain and leave the already-born to fend for themselves." They watched a pandemic kill a million people, striking deadly poses on masks and vaccines to run up their electoral margins. They deny legions of their fellow citizens access to the decent health care and good food that could save lives. Well, I just find it incredibly hypocritical that she's accusing the right of politicizing major issues. As if the left doesn't do that. Now that's what aboutism, I agree. I'm simply making the point, and and she, I think, really validates the point here, is that both sides accuse the other of politicizing issues because they do. Maybe we've made political office something of too great a value to a person. Why do they want to do it? for? Why, do they, why are they willing to politicize every issue? Just pull out all the stops. Do whatever's necessary. i got to get elected. I'm, and I'm generalizing. They're not all like that. But just the ones you seem to hear and see the most noise from, it just seems like that's the case. And that takes center stage, and we consume ourselves more with that than we do solving problems. And this is, is there a bigger problem? Is there a a bigger issue that we should be concerned about than the safety of our children? I'm not trying to be short-sighted here. And I know there are lots of issues and lots of problems, but it's hard for me to imagine that it gets worse than Ten, eight, ten, and 12-year-olds getting slaughtered. That's a tough one. But we don't seem to be able to coalesce around anything to solve that problem. It's the best I can tell. Hmm. And the hyperbole, of course, is also... I think just too much. It's, 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 it's nauseating. And this writer in the Boston Globe's opinion, art, uh, um writer, Miss Yvonne Abraham, says this wouldn't be happening if we lived in a country that gave their lives the value they deserve. If they were the case, the GOP gun-friendly judges, the Second Amendment absolutist, wouldn't expose us to this level of danger. And even if they would, those who disagree with them would never let them get away with it. We'd eject politicians who refuse to make the smallest gesture toward sane regulations even after first-graders are cut down by guns. It's always about regulations. It's it's never about addressing what we've been talking about today, the the core issue here that drives a person to enter a school and kill first-graders. Nothing along those lines. emanates. (laughs) Just incredible. She says, we live in a country where the gun industry profits trumps everything?
2: That's a tired talking point. I know. I agree. And, you know... Do you really think you can buy a U.S. senator for $30,000? Well, I, I looked it up. I want to say the NRA's
1: lobbying... Uh, accounted for as accounted for their dollars two million dollars contributions big Pharma 92 social media big tech 7580 million
2: but yeah they're they're being bought off by the gun lobby It, it, it does not even get on the radar it'll get you a lunch maybe maybe a picture with them you're not getting <sighs> them out after dark for 30 grand. I couldn't believe when she said that, where companies that have
1: already saturated the nation with hundreds of millions of guns market them relentlessly to people who should never be allowed within a hundred miles of a trigger. It's just unbelievable, this, this whole idea of lack of human individual responsibility. is absolutely overtaken the left in this country. And in some circles, it's considered racist. To expect it. We'll be right back. Final segment on Midday. Stay
5: with us. From the SeabrookPaint.com Weather Center, I'm Bob Sullender. For all your paint coating needs, go to SeabrookPaint.com. Today, a 30% chance of rain under partly cloudy conditions. High near 81. Tonight, mostly clear. Low around 59. You're finally Friday. Sunny skies. High only to 81. And a look to Saturday. Sunny conditions. High near 85. This weather brought to you by our friends at Gaddis McLaurin Mercantile in downtown Bolton. Shop local. Gaddis McLaurin Mercantile, your building supply experts since 1871.
6: This is Michael Cassidy, Republican candidate for Congress here in Mississippi's 3rd District. While inflation and illegal immigration are hurting Mississippi families, Congressman Guest has different priorities. He joined Biden and Pelosi and voted to send $53 billion of your tax dollars to Ukraine. Ukraine is not in our national interest, but fighting inflation and illegal immigration are. And when elected, they will be my priorities. I'm Michael Cassidy, America First Republican for Congress, and I brief this message.
7: Paid for by Michael Cassidy for Congress.
5: Hi, this is Mark Shapley of M.M. Shapley Steakhouse. Breezy
8: Oaks Ranch is Mississippi's source for local, pasture-finished YQ beef and heritage pork. No antibiotics, no hormones. Breezy Oaks Ranch YQ beef and heritage pork is healthy and has incredible flavor and in marbling. Call 601-908-9080 or BreezyOaksRanch.com. Pick up
3: or delivery.
8: Twilight Concerts at Renaissance are back. Ratchet Entertainment presents Twilight Concert Series at Renaissance. Saturday, July 9th, with JJ Gray and Mofro. Big head Todd and the Monsters. Broken Plus Jay and the Causeways. Tickets are on sale now at TwilightMS.com. That's TwilightMS.com. Brought to you in part by Southern Beverage. Renaissance. Richland First. And Watkins Construction. Produced by Ratchet Entertainment Group.
9: Yellow here with a special invitation to join us weekday morning, 6 till 09. Breaking news, quick shots, analysis, all right here on Super Talk Jackson
0: 97.3. You know what that means. Middays with Gerard Gibbert. We'll do it live on Super Talk Mississippi.
1: We are back in the Element Well Shake studios. It up. Shake it up. Super Talk, Mississippi. Shake it up. So, just wanted to pass this on. Uh, my friend Mark ba- Baker, a former member of the Mississippi House of Representatives, he said that uh, the state of Mississippi did pass a school safety act in 2019 that a lot of what we've been talking about on the show is included uh, in that act. He says that also uh, they also provide additional funding for more people at the Fusion Center to monitor social media and investigate uh, threats. And I think all that is good as well. Uh, but, yeah, he also advises that the um, biggest issue is mental health that requires reporting and evaluation of students expressing any concerning behavior. And I, I agree with Mark as well. I, I, but again, I don't think that would have stopped this incident. He had, he had no history of such that had ever been reported, at least. I think the reporting is a, is a big problem. And I know that the teachers and others around um, folks... Not just teachers, but and, and you have that in the schools. Of course, you should report that teachers are required to do so, but they're hesitant to do it. You know what? If it's not really anything, it's just it's a tough one. It's very, very, very subjective. Uh, and of course, there are just people out in society that you may observe some sort of odd behavior, odd traits, characteristics, and. It's, I just think it's difficult. I'm not saying we shouldn't do it and shouldn't promote it. Uh, and in, in the case of this fool in Texas, he he didn't. He, you know, was, again, background checks, legally purchased firearm. None of that would have stopped it. S- someone texted us earlier and said um, that. Um, we just need to enforce the laws on the books, Gary and Meridian. But in this case, I don't think it would have stopped Stopped it, right? There were no laws were broken. I mean, it's in terms of the purchase of the firearm. Right. Now, there are reports coming out. Thomas Greenwood's been sending us some, some stuff on that, that the police didn't do all they could have, and there was some missteps there. I'm sure we'll learn a whole lot more about that were unwilling to go in school, and the resource officer, still no understanding of why, if there was, in fact, an encounter there, and this guy had this long rifle on his person, maybe he just ran through him. I mean, we don't know, right? Is there video that perhaps would tell us what happened? Should be. Should be video everywhere in schools. And I'm not really sure if that's a law or not, but that's easy widely available. I know where my daughter teaches. I've been in the principal's office there before, and he's got the the monitor set up with um, the controls to constantly. And I've been in his office before when my kids were students there, talking about um, various issues, and his eyes always looking over at it, uh, the principal at the time. So, And of course, you can have all that on your mobile devices and everything. So that's just... That doesn't prevent but it would certainly allow you if something happened God forbid to to do a um, a review and see where there was a breakdown in any of the protocol and procedure so that you could address that in in the future yeah so C- Gary Meridian writes back says uh, the shooter had zero police and mental health flags Karen and Ripley says cutting yourself is a sign of being sexually abused how about that I I didn't know that. Um, couple, of, she also says, a couple of years ago, my son was sent to alternative schools run like a fortress. I'm not sure if they're all set up the same way, but if you want an example of safety for the children and the teachers, they definitely know how to carry it out. I, I guess I, and maybe I'm oversimplifying this. You, schools are generally big, and they got multiple doors, multiple points of entry. Maybe those are all locked, and you can't get through one. I, I'm just not totally persuaded that is 100% preventative of a situation, even like what happened uh, in Texas. So uh, on the C text line, I agree with, with Mark. Uh, Mark Baker, who wrote us about some law that's on the books in Mississippi since 2019 to improve school security. Yeah, the shooter had zero police and mental health flags, is what Gary says. What's the difference in not regulating guns and not regulating the border where most of the fentanyl and drugs are coming into this country and people are ODing every single day? That's Luke and Floyd. There's nothing. I agree. It's just another example how everything's for political expediency. To the left, closing the border is bad for them politically. Unbelievable and they castigate those of us who want to shut it down. We are out of time here today. We're going to be down at Camp Shelby at the Mississippi Armed Forces Museum. Until then, that's tomorrow. Stay safe, and God bless everyone.
0: A Super Talk Mississippi media production.